Yo, monkeys, it's me, P-P-P, the king of bada beans, the master of the diamond cutter, the three-time, three-time, three-time world champion. And you, well, you, monkey, you're listening on the S&S Network. Stay tuned or you will feel Big Daddy Cool Diesel slash Kevin Nash. You're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, this is Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle from TNA. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Oh, it's real. It's damn real. This is Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels, Mr. Hall of Fame 2011. And you are listening on SNS Radio Network. See ya. And I wouldn't want to be here. Hey, you listen on the SNS Network, and that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. The world is listening. Welcome to Why. Your hosts. The great big mouth of the SNS network, now, at the Sun City Savior, Randy McWilliams. And now, now. And good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening, because I realize podcasts can be listened at times other than evening. That's a weird intro, but anyway, welcome to another episode of... I think we might as well call it Why, because we can't decide of an alternative title while me and Randy are here. Yes, Ashley, kind of still is my name. I'm thinking of changing it to Her Majesty the Queen, because then I might get loads of sympathy mail or hate mail, depending on who likes or hates the royal family over here in the UK. But anyway, join me to co-host with me is the Sun City Saviour. Randy McWilliams. Randy, how you doing? I'm doing fine. Doing pretty good right now. Our second week into the new Y. Well, I don't know if we should call it the new because then we'll be gone by then or something. The artist, but... formerly, the artist formerly known as Y. <laughs> Maybe we'll just be we'll we'll have an unpronounceable Y symbol. Just, we are represented by just a symbol. <laughs> and we will have somebody speak for us in interviews now. No, we're not going that far. Seriously. Uh, we're not. Well, can I at we're least have my take? Well, I don't know who we can have to speak for us. Oh, no. Yeah, that, that is interesting. We There's too many things we haven't prepared for. Nonetheless, we are prepared for this week's podcast yes. as we get into the news. Yeah, we'll start off with something that seems to be getting a lot of praise which is the backstage segments with TNA. 
over the past few weeks. They are? Because the backstage segments from last week and this week have all been unscripted. So what you see is their instant actual reactions. And I think this works, because when you look at the WWE stuff now, it seems clunk, clunk, this is inevitable, clunk, clunk, John Laurinaitis. Well, because he's nearly involved in every single backstage segment. <laughs> that is true. It's either him, the Hosky, or Carlton, as CM Punk so eloquently put, name mm. the two, or the Funk, the funk Man. <laughs> yeah. Thank God, thank God Lord Fatass isn't doing anything. <laughs> well, then people will be going, no, you literally are Albert, aren't you? No, you're A-Train. Or Prince Albert. Ah, uh, well, no, sorry, Lord <laughs> Fatass. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I kind of like it with the live impact that we just had as well, which we'll talk about in part three. It kind of felt good the th- when they had the gut check stuff. You were actually seeing them deliberate, which I think helps it. Everything that you're seeing is what they're coming up with, and to be quite honest, what they're coming up with in TNA is probably better than what the writers could ever do for them. Yeah, I think when it comes to promos... It's one of those where it's almost you have it or you don't kind of way. Sometimes there's some people it just takes a while for like, I think a person that embodies that is uh, Daniel Bryan, who if you've heard early indie stuff to about, I'll say oh, late 05, 06 when he was starting to do, when his ROH world title run was starting to go around best in the world when he was doing not so much the yes stuff, but he was developing that character that we kind of see now. And yeah, he really just went 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 with it, and that's sometimes what you got to do. Sometimes just find something and go for it. And as with the TNA promos, I'll necessarily kind of like the way they're filmed, the style. Like it's our, I kind of like it, and I kind of don't. It kind of makes it feel like something it isn't at times. But if they are doing their promos unscripted, I'll give them props on that. Even though some stuff still seems kind of the same formula, mm-hmm. but. It's something different, which I will praise them for that. <laughs> well, at it's least they're not doing the promos with um, the hidden camera thing like they were a few weeks back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the hidden oh, camera look. Doom. This, this jo- door is slightly ajar and we can fit a camera lens in the gap. <laughs> <laughs> and film something. So, yeah. That's, that's a good move by TNA. I will say that. Now, this is one that cropped up over the weekend because it was UFC. We're, we're doing a bit of MMA crossover here. And what's happening is there is a whole load of talk that Brock Lesnar could be going back to UFC. Basically, he was seeing Cage side at UFC 146 and everybody was going, how can he do that if he's a WWE talent? But, of course, he is and he isn't at the minute. Because Keith Abe, he isn't, but obviously he's on his contract. During the post-match press conference, or post-pay-per-view press conference that happened with Dana White, when he was asked 
whether there was anything to Lesnar being at the show. He just said maybe and smiled. He then later admitted that Lesnar could be going back to UFC, but bringing up the fact that Lesnar signed through to WrestleMania 29, definitely, well, due to the current storyline, he's quit the company. Which makes me wonder, why does Lesnar need to go back to UFC? Because he isn't in the greatest physical shape. Diverticulitis for the win. Actually. Yeah. In this case. And by but, D, we don't mean Beth Phoenix. No. <laughs> but yeah, um, if he does go back to the UFC, feels kind of odd, even though we've been accustomed to Brock kind of just leaving going and coming back or going and coming back because it seems like he didn't want to wrestle when he did leave the WWE for the NFL but he was back in Japan and then mm-hmm. they and then Inoki wanted him to I think it was Tanahashi was gonna or at least that's the guy he would have faced next I don't know if he was gonna drop it to him but there was that so he leaves New Japan and we all know the history between Brock Lesnar name anything he's quit it with some things weren't necessarily all his fault, and some you can kind of see where he's coming from. Like the, but that's probably another story for a whole another time. Nonetheless, if he does go back to the UFC, will they take him back because he's going on his word? But the, uh, will the fans start shitting on him more if he does come back on the ring? Will he get that heat? It's just. Eh, just kind of fishy well, on the end. How many people have retired in UFC and then come back? That is true. It's, it's just as bad as wrestling is with that. <laughs> Chuck Liddell being, even though I think he's fully retired now, Randy Couture being one, Tito. I don't know if Tito was fully retired, but he made a return. Ken Shamrock, yeah, you can. Mark Coleman. And he's in the UFC Hall of Fame, I do believe. Speaking of Hall of Fames. And, so, yeah, anything could happen. You mentioned Hall of Fames. We might as well get this over, which is something that I'm not happy with, but I'm willing to see what happens with it. TNA has announced that it's going to be having its own Wrestling Hall of Fame. It was Mm. announced on Impact this past Thursday, and... I guess perhaps TNA are trying to put in the people that will never go in the WWE Hall of Fame. (laughs) So, Jeff Jarrett, uh, possibly Ken Shamrock, um, Bruno Sammartino, Randy Savage, um, Sting. Mm. They'll put Sting in the Hall of Fame before WWE does to try and legitimize themselves, I fear. I don't want them to. Well, it would make they'd actually be within their right mind to, if that makes sense, or it would make more sense for them to. Oh no, it's <laughs> just the TNA Hall of Fame thing. A lot of people are either going, "Yes, we need this," or "No, why the fuck does this company deserve a Hall of Fame ever?" <laughs> well, so ten years is probably fair. Yeah, yeah, it is. I. And I'm not one of those who's on the extreme hatred side, nor will... I don't think I'll ever be on the extreme yeah. side. I'll just let that be known. <laughs> well, if you look at it, I think, as of this recording, when it 30 years to the day that Vince McMahon actually bought out his dad's company. 
and Titan Sports actually became everything wrestling. Mm. I think I think it was about early June-ish, certainly in '82. So, and that was '82, and then the first Hall of Fame was when Andre the Giant passed away in '93. So that's ten years. Okay, it was going on way before then, but that's when Vince Kennedy McMahon was actually doing it. So I'd say. Let's just see who it is. Yeah. If it's somebody that... If it's, if it's a good move, and it's partially fair, and the only problem is we don't want too many. Yeah, it's one of those that there's so much kind of scrutiny going on with it, it's almost... If you pick somebody current, will they be qualified enough for it to some people's eyes, even though... If you were to go current, the only guy I'd really see... Well, yes, yeah, Sting would still be current, Jeff Jarrett. But uh, well, I was trying. I was referring more to AJ Styles being the only one you can really out the kind of younger guys or somebody roster, if that makes sense. Because well, Sting is still a roster member, but he still has the age oh, factor they, in that. If yeah. they put AJ in, this is the whole storyline with Dixie Carter. Oh yeah. Oh, that's gonna be interesting to talk about in the triple threat. Yes. And I feared the <laughs> everybody says they won't appear on camera, <laughs> but it happens, and they become heel, or do they? <laughs> we'll see. And then they become Surge. <laughs> He'll get knocked more... down again, like he does every time he shows up on camera. <laughs> yeah. Some more TNA lawsuit news. A, a oh, few no. updates. Word is that basically the people in the WWE offices report that Wittenstein was very open about his knowledge of TNA. Then somebody finally realized that this thing could actually be hurting them, hence he was fired. And he apparently (laughs) didn't even make it out of his probationary period. He was fired before the 90 days. People in both companies say that he talked too much, had a big mouth and didn't know his place. What makes me think he was the sources for all these rumors from TNA and WWE over the past few years? I think if he's been quoted said, as having a big mouth and didn't know his place. Everything you just said. Mm-hmm. After I WWE wonder if they've fired, ever. Oh god! You, you know what? I sorry to cut you out there, but you know what I've noticed? Has anybody ever? Um, have you ever heard of anybody getting fired for leaking news? The only guy that I've had heard or was rumored to was um, Dave Lagana. Yeah, I've heard that. Obviously, outside of wrestling, there's plenty of GameStop employees that have been fired for leaking stuff from their systems or whatever. I know know of that because I think I, I saw some story basically with quite a few people getting let go. So... The problem is it does happen quite a lot in wrestling. I'm not sure. Um, You know, it was a crazy story I heard to not to try to derail too much into it, but somewhat goes into like weird business practices. And I think we covered this last week. If we did, then, oh, I'll bring it up again because it's interesting. Did I tell, did you hear about what happened with pro wrestling Noah recently? uh, No. Guess who they had ties with? And Mm. from, I think. Okay, Dave think Chappelle's of the kind. Yeah, well, they have at one point, but nah, not him. Um, no, not him. I should have. I should have put it the Yakuza. Oh right, we're going in the, the level per- of pride. 
Yeah, yeah. Pr- there you go. Exactly. Pride. For anybody that doesn't know about the history of Pride, paperclip there. Yes, we're keeping continuity on this show. Yeah. <laughs> the paperclip is back. Yeah. Uh, the reason Pride went out of business was due to having ties to the Kuza, which could potentially hurt pro wrestling no as much, especially since they still barely recovered from the passing of Masawa. They lost their TV deal not too long ago and probably won't get that shit now since they found out about that. Kobashi's like, uh, he's not the same. It's just kind of trouble all around for pro wrestling Noah. And then New Japan got bought by somebody who the guy made a statement that he's going to try to beat WWE worldwide. <laughs> wow. Which I love New Japan and I like some of the stuff and beginning more into it, but that shit won't happen. <laughs> let's, let's think about that. How many New Japan DVDs do you see in Best Buy or anywhere online? Not that many. None at all. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, considering WWE that, DVDs, there's quite a lot. Considering that I don't know, Japan in the title kind of leads to the connotation that it's a Japanese promotion because, well, it is. Not that you can't be. Not that there aren't companies that are just regionally that don't have a world in it, but New Japan only made, from what I read, about fourteen million dollars last year, some, somewhere around there. And they did a tour in America that was, eh, it was okay, but yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm guessing they spent too much money on fireworks. Maybe too much pyro, lads. Too much pyro. <laughs> but yeah, and then more TNA news. It really seems to be not going well for TNA. Donald West is leaving. When does it ever? But <laughs> when it rains, it pours. And in the case of TNA, it's not even raining cats and dogs. It's raining cows and horses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, basically he's leaving. He's given his notice in because he's been offered the position working as the general manager of the Wenatchee Wild Hockey Team in Washington. He's going to be heavily involved in all aspects of the team and I was offered a great deal that he couldn't refuse. It sounds like a mob thing. Oh, no. There's no The Yakuza involved with Don West. <laughs> you sell ShamWow. Don't work <laughs> together. <laughs> I thought it was the fact that they changed their titles on TV without their permission. Or that is the reason. <laughs> you got rid of the IWJP. You die. <laughs> There's no heat on him leaving though and everybody's amicably going and West is going to finish up this month. Which means Jimmy J gets promoted, and he hasn't he hasn't done too bad training him up because Jimmy J does have the style of Don West, the humor slash shouting. <laughs> yeah, Don West. He, I thought he was pretty good. Uh, he was an okay announcer to me, but yeah, I do not like Taz at all <laughs> since he gone to TNA. Like Don West was pretty entertaining when he did turn heel. <laughs> Yeah, I, I still remember that clip of TNA when it's, oh, they're going to the back. We can't even see what's going on. And then they cut to the commentators and they're reading off the script. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes Don West would say some stupid stuff, but it's funny when you watch him 
when you watch the early stuff, and you'll notice this with people who haven't announced wrestling, the first thing you'll notice is how they mark out over simple. Well, I shouldn't say simple moves, but it moves very early because the first match was an X Division match. It was, I believe, if I got this right, it was AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, and Loki versus. May may or may not have that exactly right versus the Flying Elvises. Yeah, Jerry replaced Daniels with Lynn or one of the two. By no that, and so yeah, you can expect what would happen in that match. And West was pretty animated in that match. Ooh, some interesting story here, which is a follow up to last week's big story. Of yes, it's week two of Jericho hates Brazil. <laughs> Or Brazil hates Jericho, whichever. (laughs) Apparently now a lot of the talents are basically walking on eggshells for fear that they do the tiniest thing in trying to be creative and they get suspended for it. Basically there's a whole load of paranoia and the feeling is that Jericho, who returned on his own terms and didn't have to be there, was suspended for doing his job. And the reaction is the whole thing in Brazil was blown out of proportion. Which is fair and not fair yeah, because you got to tie into the fact that this is the quote unquote using business talk here. Sorry, people. Emerging market. For it's business WWE. over. It's business over the business, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> We've used the word business way too many times in that last match. Yeah. So. Or like with uh um. And and this also probably ties into how Finley got fired too. How he could, for something that didn't seem so bad, but yeah, you when you have the National Guard, <laughs> the most yeah. unpatriotic thing. Yeah, like yeah, sometimes things like that happen. It's one of those where I don't think he was this. Yeah, yeah, we we went over it last week. Just go back to the archive. Yeah, because we need the right. downloads for it too. But. <laughs> Yeah, go go back, listen to, yeah, download it. Then once you've listened to the Jericho thing, download it again. Listen to the Jericho thing. Just something, something crazy like that. I don't know. But following that as well, apparently the WWE roster is tired. Not generally because of the Brazil Brazil trip. It took it out of quite a lot of them because I think there was a report a few weeks ago that the trip was going to be cancelled. Yeah, or at least there was. one of the shows was cancelled. I think it was the, was it the SmackDown show? I don't know exactly which one did get cancelled, but there were reports of that because I do remember seeing some tweets. Yes, yeah, our source of news, but uh, they uh, the news showed tweets. Uh, I believe it was like Jericho and Punk. It was one of the two. Yet again, Jericho and this about somebody missing. Oh, I see. The flight to Brazil was cancelled, so there was a situation when talents were trying to get rooms at a hotel. So the veterans of WWE stepped up, booked the rooms, and got it taken care of before WWE could do it. Damn. Now that's what you call locker room leaders right there. Yeah. So, yeah, who, 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 were the, who were the veterans that would have done that? I'm trying to think. That, that, Cena, that possibly? I could see that. That reminds me of something like... This reminds me of the rise and fall of ECW where they talked about how everybody did a job as well. Like, Bubba Ray Dudley was the booker and shit, yeah. Yeah. This is an interesting little one also in regards to last week. Last week on SmackDown, Ryback beat up two jobbers. One of which 
was Ricky Reyes. The interesting thing is, apparently, there is a lot of praise for Reyes now. Because he received a tryout at the tapings last week. As long with the Ryback stuff. And there was a lot of people talking about how his match with Tyson Kidd, which was a 15 to 20 minute tryout match, blew everyone away backstage and that Regal is really putting him over big time to the officials backstage. And a lot of people were impressed. Now, I don't know a lot about Ricky, but I'm sure Randy knows more about Ricky. Oh, yes. This is the ironic thing about this. I don't think I probably... I may or may not have mentioned Ricky Reyes before on the show before last week. And I'll pretty much say how I feel about him now. He's not... Well, I don't think he's a horror bad wrestler, but... There's nothing to me that really makes me give a shit about him as a wrestler. <laughs> Can't really... T- he just seems boring as shit as a wrestler. But somehow, he had a hell of a good match with Tyson Kidd, got jobbed out to Ryback, and now apparently has a contract. <laughs> but from what I've seen, he's been mostly... Especially ever since he lost the ROH tag titles, he's been pretty much a jobber in the indies. For lack of a better term. <laughs> yeah. But this reminds me of something that I saw on a Facebook page that uh, they were talking about how they talked to Stephen Richards and he was saying how he felt Stephen Richards was so underused and this and Stephen Richards was talking about how the reason he always got work was that he was willing to put people over. Yeah. So maybe that's, that's probably I, why that's he always showed show you your cement. <laughs> All falls into place. There you go. Now, um... We need some kind of a hooter on here, but we don't. But it's time for a Lord Fat Ass alert. Or, or because <laughs> he's dropped the Lord, do we just call him Fat Ass? I don't know. I guess. But word is that Tensai, Lord Fat Ass, failed to impress WWE officials over the past few weeks and is now deemed a flop. Basically, the the thing is, they weren't impressed with the pinfall victory that he got in London on the Raw Super Show, which doesn't make sense because that was the best match that he's had so far. Okay, it was probably the wasn't a great match, but it's the best one that he's had because all the rest of them have been no. Apparently, he was initially going to face Cena, both over the limit and no way out, but the fact that he did so poorly meant that Big Show took his place. The irony is, of course, is Big Show and Fat Ass were most notably a tag team together. Or at least they were at WrestleMania 19 when they took on The Undertaker. And Nathan Jones. <laughs> but, well, well, he only turned that. up for the last well, minute. Yeah. Because <laughs> well, he apparently not- got laid out rather than... Yeah, if we're going to keep going with this streak thing, we don't want Undertaker to win in a tag match. I know. Make it a handicap. What, you mean Nathan Jones in his hour of glory at WrestleMania doesn't get on the show? Yeah. Okay, well, right. Also, I heard he fucking sucked, too. Oh, well. <laughs> WWE apparently also cancelled plans for events to be headlined by Tensai and Laurinaitis versus Cena to now be Big Show and Laurinaitis versus Cena. Or Big Show versus Cena. Though Fat Ass has yet to be defeated on TV, he actually lost in the dark match at Monday's Raw show, which I think 
Santo mentioned on WNL. He's being largely relegated to superstars where his character is retold. That means he's going to be facing Tyson Kidd and Drew McIntyre. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> it's funny sometimes how, like, even if you're doing so well, you could be doing, you could be doing so well even if you're jobbing, or you can be, or in this case, Tenzai, who has yet to be defeated on TV or in front of the cameras, would probably be more accurate for this. Uh, yet he's still being shit on, and then there's... And then there's Ziggler and your type of guy, uh, Ziggler Swagger, even though who they've lost on a somewhat consistent basis now, which apparently Ziggler noticed on Monday as well. They're still showed on TV every week. Mm -hmm. So it's almost kind of weird how you can still be like over, not necessarily over, you can still be on a push there, like still at the spotlight yet you're losing or you're winning but you suck or the gimmick sucks or i don't even know exactly the dilemma with the tins i fed as thing is it just a bad gimmick is it him squashing people because apparently people don't like squashes because that lot or was it because just that he was in japan when he was giant bernard and he actually was better or that that might be another reason too it could be the fact that Sometimes people are better in some promotions than others. Like, I, I actually like Davey Richards outside of most promotions, but some ROH matches, fuck that. <laughs> some of them. <laughs> Even though the Steam, the, uh, a lot of the title defenses, other than really like the Edwards, the two, well, the one I didn't mind, the final battle one I didn't like. He, he had some decent defenses, so. It's just kind of a matter of opinion, most often than not. But the opinion does seem to be that Tensai sucks. <laughs> well, as we call him now, Lord Fatass, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is an interesting little story. You might remember WWE Access, whatever it's called, Fan Access. Yes. During the WrestleMania week. They had a thing where you could pretend to be or do a... An audition. Well, Mason A. Norman, not related to Mason Ryan, who is from New York and is a sergeant in the U.S. Army Reserve, auditioned for this thing. And as it turns out, he is now going to appear in the new Marine Homefront movie with The Miz. Mm. Apparently he was told via a Skype call actually with The Miz himself. So that's actually pretty... Well, that's, I was going to say that's pretty awesome, but then I noticed the irony. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Just seriously just fell into that one, didn't I? The irony. Well, the pun and the irony, yeah. Yeah. His, act, his biggest acting credit to date is his high school spring play. So if you were expecting anything substantial, like backlog of work, he isn't like Martin Scorsese. <laughs> which, I think is, which I think is good. You know, give a new guy, and I just hope that I hope it goes well for him, and he doesn't get given to a thirty-second bit part. <laughs> yeah, well, I want yeah somebody will be looking for it for sure and update us on this. But yeah, that's L. You got a job. You got a role in a straight-to-DVD video film. I'd be proud myself, regardless of the sarcasm I've. I might seem to emanate from my voice. That is a deep. That, that's this not is, bad. Just, just as long as it doesn't feature X back in China. 
<laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I brought that back. You've ever I'm spent sorry. a night in China? <laughs> um, Which no. one am I talking about? Ah, okay. <laughs> I think yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> That was the lady reaction. I was just, just where are you going with this? <laughs> anyway, that was the whole point. Uh, well, um, some more WWE news related to former TNA talents. Sources apparently close to the recently released or recently leaving TNA, Alex Shelley, report that he did actually receive phone calls from WWE. But reports of him signing are said to be premature. The same sources that his allowing his TNA contract to expire had nothing to do with WWE because his original plans were to go to New Japan and possibly Dragon Gate. WWE recently showed interest and wasn't expecting that to happen when he let his deal expire. Shelley's been working on a deal apparently with New Japan for some time and was close to signing it when WWE turned up and made the call. I was just talking about that a couple hours ago about where was Shelly going to end up at. And while Japan Japan actually makes a lot of sense considering he wrestled a good amount in Japan while in TNA. Mm. Specifically, I know they, they did stuff for Zero One at first when they, and then when they teamed up in TNA, they did a lot more in New Japan, I believe, since they had the deal. And of course, we're IWGP Junior Heavyweight, uh, yeah, Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champs. Although, yeah. I think, depending on... Because Shelly has the high-flag style, even though very early on he was more ground-based. So, if he... Like, his style now would probably better suit Dragon Gate. But if he went back to his older stuff, New Japan, or he'd probably still fare just as well with that. Or maybe ROH, or he might actually be going to the... We'll just have to wait to fight out, but... We will be seeing Alex Shelley real soon. Just know that. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere he'll be over the rainbow because he'll have got some good money or something from whatever deal he gets. Yeah. Speaking of money, it looks like WWE wants to have less titles, less collateral or whatever. And the idea is starting to circulate that the IC title and US title should be merged. Which I kind of agree with, but as a, a, an additional point, the word is that they won't merge the world titles because they want there to be a major title on each brand. So when they do international tours, when Raw or SmackDown only goes to one place, they can actually say you're getting a title match on the card mm. rather than, oh, your main event is Big Show versus John Cena or something like that. Which I think is a fair move, Consi- you know, considering for about a year and a half or two years, WCW had two world titles. Yeah. Says WWE can't have it. I mean, it hasn't worked too badly for them for the past ten years. Yeah, even though the and they they've still been doing it with the since the brand. Well, you can't even really call it a brand split anymore. That's the brand extension. Is, I think that's what they call it now. Nonetheless, the brand's kind of merging together into a whole... Everybody shows up on everybody, but there's one show. One guy will show up more than others. It's a smorgasbord. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it won't be a bad idea, but eh, if you keep it, you don't. And then if they do decide to go with one, they'll probably bring back the second title a couple months later. 
because that happened with the Intercontinental title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. yeah. Uh, Which one do you w- think they keep? Uh, to be honest, the IC. Yeah, I, I'd keep that. the Intercontinental just because I think that, although the history it's got in WCW, I'd say there's a greater history with the IC title. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at some of the pay-per-views in, re- in well, not recent years, but in past years, shit, so I'm not, you know. <laughs> no, it's yeah. no, but it was WrestleMania three was probably the best match on the card. Was the Intercontinental Title match? Yeah, SummerSlam '91, best match on the card. The IC match between Perfect and Hart. Ninety two. Now at SummerSlam, the main event was the IC title match with Bulldog and Hart. They stuck Rick, they stuck Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man at the bottom. Well, not at the bottom, it was about halfway through. Which isn't that uncommon of occurrence nowadays to see a world title bit in the middle. <clears throat> yeah, because John Cena has to be in the main event. Oh, did I say that? Well, yeah, he is the main event, which... I don't think he should necessarily supersede the title, but it it depends. Like even with the Big Show feud, like I could have seen it with Cena Lesnar in a way because of the history together, and Cena Rock, Cena Big Show. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just in some cases it works, some cases it doesn't. For him, the main event, it kind yeah. of depends on the levity of the feud. In all other cases, it should be the title, but... Other thing relating to the WWE title that surprised me and kind of disappointed me was on SmackDown this week. And no, I'm not talking about Sin Cara coming back, because that was actually pretty good. I'm talking about the fact that your WWE title match, which I think should be Punk and Bryan, has all of a sudden become a triple threat with Kane added. Which I'm going, quote unquote, this show. Why? <laughs> yeah, the WWE title match was. It wasn't bad, even though with it being on SmackDown, you can kind of tell this match was going to be a pawn for something, and the pawn leading to the bigger move for, <laughs> uh, of the triple threat that we have at No Way Out. I'm just. Uh... I can understand why they're doing triple threat because after the kind of match that they had at Over the Limit, I'm guessing we're going to have. They're not going to be in full fitness. Basically, yeah. they're copying what happened with the Over the Limit pay per view when clearly Alberto Del Rio wasn't fully fit, so they all of a sudden dragged in Jericho and Orton. Yeah. So. It's interesting to see. I'm not happy with it, but hopefully Kane just gets taken out. Hopefully it's like SummerSlam and when Kurt Angle and Triple H and The Rock face each other and Kurt Angle basically got taken out early on. So then it's just a match between Brian and Punk. (laughs) That one, that match gets, I'll give it a lot of props, especially considering the fact Angle got knocked the fuck out. Yeah. Rocket Triple H had to call that match. Had to pretty much improvise the whole match. 
Yeah, it's still one of the better main events that SummerSlam's had. Yeah. The only thing, with, the only thing that hurt it with that year is that you had TLC, so... While the match was good, yeah, it wasn't what people were going to be talking about. Yeah. So, we might as well get to the big news that happened this past week. And it's another suspension. And no, it isn't Chris Jericho this time. It's one that's been rumoured for quite a few months. It's Randy Orton being suspended for 60 days for a second violation of the drugness policy. I mean, wellness policy. I don't know if I have a witty one-liner for this for Orton. I don't know. He RKO'd himself. I don't know what the witty thing is for this, but yeah. The Viper is gone 60 days. I believe it's his third suspension. Actually, it'd be a second 60-day one because there was in 2006 when he got caught with the joint backstage. Or smoking the joint backstage. I'm not sure whether it's his third or fourth, but this is apparently the second one relating to drugs. Yes, I believe... Was the first one? I didn't know. Okay, it would have been, yeah. Unless it was... I think this might be the first wellness policy one, unless there was one previously. No, if it's 60 days, it'd have to be a second wellness policy violation. Yeah, that's a weird thing. This would be... Yeah, there must have been another one sometime in... Between. He probably violated in 04 for just being a cocky asshole with the title thinking he'd made it. <laughs> Which, yeah, if you see the Randy Orton DVD, he admits that. What? He admit. well, he doesn't admit that he does drugs. Uh. <laughs> he admits that he, he got cocky when he was around in Evolution and then got the world title and then got thrown out of Evolution. He admits that during that time, he probably was a bit too big for his boots. Yeah, I can see that. He just kind of how he is. It just seems like he played it. Not so well, Not so much that he had to, you know, not yet to no one to play one, but he was pretty convincing as a cocky some bitch back in the Evolution days. Because it was only until WrestleMania 21, where the feud started with Undertaker, that really launched him. Yeah, and even then, it he didn't really... He was always like... Something weird would always kind of happen to him in some way that would cause him from getting the title up until he would get it back again and oh, at no mercy. And because you had... Because the Undertaker match, he got injured. Was it in the Batista match or the Undertaker match or... Whenever around that with the shoulder injury, I think they said Batista, but I don't know if it. Nim would probably know this. This is where he. Yeah. If I don't know it and you don't know it, this is where he would come in. But uh, there was that. He was out. He went to SmackDown. Then he was. Sub- I don't know who it is for sure, but supposedly. No, no, no. Yeah, Batista said it. he was going to get the world title. But then Batista, I think, wanted Guerrero to get it. Then Guerrero died. Then that changed up plans. Then, um, then there was when he got caught with the joint. That was the sixty-day one, the first one, weirdly enough. And then, I don't know what other suspension would have happened between then and now. So he probably got sixty days because he was like, "Yeah, it's a joint." <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm wondering. What it is? It wasn't it's- like a drugs test. It was like, okay, you're actually physically holding a joint. 
that's probably why it was a 60 day yeah it wasn't a de- it wasn't like a test it was we can see it <laughs> it's it's just a piece of paper rolled up with nothing inside it except these oh that's good shit <laughs> <laughs> i think if you if you want to come up with a witty one liner well it isn't one liner because it's two sentences but i think cm punk's tweet today summed it up my last three WrestleMania opponents are currently suspended. I'm a curse. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you even want to go further into that, WrestleMania 24, supposedly Jeff Hardy was going to get money in the bank, but he got suspended. Uh, I seem to remember CM Punk winning. <laughs> yeah, CM oh, you know, Punk I played down there. Yeah, CM Punk won it that year, too. Yeah. He won it and quote-unquote became a motherfucking superstar. Oh, yeah. Well, that didn't happen till that would have been yeah the second money in the bank. When Hang on, I'm, t- I'm, tr- I'm trying to think now. Go back to WrestleMania 23. Yeah, he, he was involved? not on the card. No, WrestleMania 22. He was the well. Everybody now knows it, or if you did it already, well, know it. Cena and J- Cena and JBL weren't involved in drugs <laughs> at the time. No, but 23. Uh, I was thinking they were part of the ECW match. Which, considering it was Sandman, Sabo, and RVD, Dreamer was think, the fourth one. But I, I think you know, just just with Sabu yeah. and RVD, I think <laughs> you've uh, got yeah. as many wellness violations as everybody else in WWE put together. Yeah, well, shit, or Van Dam had it. Yeah, he fucked up. And then uh, I was gonna relate to that Jeff Hardy comment. Or the one that he had when he was fucked up on whatever it was. I, I made him a fucking superstar, which, as drugged up as he is, he kind of has a point. <laughs> yeah, that is fair. Like, that was a bit dickish to say, but yeah, in terms of, yeah, WWE, yeah, he kind of made punk. <laughs> I'm trying to think of who else was in WrestleMania 24 and 25 in the Money in the Banks that's failed uh... Jericho as well. Carlito. Yeah, Carlito had the rehab issue. <laughs> Benjamin was in it. Kennedy was in it. And there goes another one. Um, Morrison was in it. That's, what, three? <laughs> I think, yeah, I think Punk is cursed. Unless yeah. you're a girl. Well, the, is that really a curse? Some, or, that's going to get into dark territory moving along now. <laughs> Hey, he digs crazy chicks. Yeah. Just ask Mickey James. Or well. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, I should have used that during the Orden and see or seen it joke. <laughs> oh my word. And let's try and cover that up by going to break. <laughs> and... Pissed at me now. I'll make him more pissed. Roast beef. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Wow. If you get the well, joke, you were both sick, and I thank you for that. No paper welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome to the show where apparently everybody's getting pissed off at us. Oh, dear. This isn't good. They probably aren't, but it's kind of fun to think they are. And if they are, then we're doing our job right. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So we're going to take a quick break for some commercials and all that, and we'll be back with... Part triple threat, part probably rant on the new WWE list that everybody's talking about. And no, it's not a WCW one this time. 
let's just say it involves what I'm talking into right now, which is my fist. We'll be right back. Public service announcement from Wrestling News Live. Reasons not to marry a porn star. Did you hear the news that uh, Tito Ortiz was arrested for domestically abusing his uh, his girlfriend Jenna Jameson? No, he probably tried to fuck her. It was like throwing a hot dog down a hallway, and he just said, "What the fuck? Where did you been?" Slap. <laughs> that reminds me of the quote from Triple H a couple years back when he said, "You know, even a 747 looks uh, small flying in the Grand Canyon." I mean, how can you, in all honesty? Be a person not in the porn industry married to a porn star and be okay with it. <laughs> you know what? I'd have a serious problem with that. I mean, let's say she's got an early shoot. She gets up, she washes her pussy and goes to work. <laughs> then you wake up, and while you're eating pancakes, she's fucking somebody else. While you walk to the mailbox to get the mail, she's fucking somebody else. When you come inside and turn on the TV and have a cup of tea, she's fucking somebody else. Then she's having lunch while you're taking a nap in your lazy boy. She comes back from lunch and punches in and starts fucking somebody else. <laughs> then she comes home. You tell the bitch that you want dinner. She makes you something in the microwave and goes to bed. And you're jacking off because she spent all day fucking somebody else. <laughs> You're having tea. She's getting tea bagged. <laughs> oh, I love this show. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by the good folks at Wrestling News Live. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcers. The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman brings you pro wrestling nostalgia. Featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. It's go time. You know, in the world of pro wrestling radio, there's always someone out there who will always try to get under your skin. I want to really drive Andy to the point where he wants to choke me out. Because I'm going to drive him right off the edge of the cliff. They'll always try, but in the end, it always comes down to the truth. That moment when uh, Silent Rage blows the gasket, this match is over. You know, I'm really just a nice guy at heart, but... Don't piss me off, okay? I mean, come on. The truth is going to hurt someone. Catch your weekly search for the truth right here on the Pro Wrestling Rewind every Wednesday night, 9 o'clock Eastern, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network.
Hey guys, it's Mr. Money on the Mic, JJ, all caps sexy of the SNS Radio Network. If you're looking for the latest news in professional wrestling and, of course, some of the best columns on the World Wide Web today, visit headlocks2headlines.com. That's headlocks, the number two, headlines.com. It's the official news site of the SNS Radio Network. You should make it your official news site as well. Once again, www.headlocks2headlines.com. surprising but anyway let's get to this list that we're talking about which is the wwe's list for the top 25 quote masters of the mic which got posted up uh, about a week ago uh, towards the end of may certainly this list there's, some, there's possibly some glaring omissions but we'll go through them and we'll try and both give our thoughts on them we start off at 25 with Mario Mario. Yes, I'm talking about Captain Lou Albana. Yeah. Um I I'd agree with this pick. Of course, as we mentioned, we are not the oldest people on here, especially me. <laughs> no, this so, is yeah. weird. Yeah, this is weird. I'm on the show when I'm the oldest one actually doing the show. And I'm twenty three. That's scary. In well, a way, it is. <laughs> 23-year-old in control of the show? Oh, dear. So, you see, I don't know much about Albano, apart from the fact he was on the Super Mario Super Show. And he was in, the, um, he was in the Girls Just Want to Have Fun video. Yeah. Yeah, um, but that was for obvious reasons, because of the whole rock and wrestling thing. Yeah. I'm talking about other stuff that wasn't just related to wrestling, but just the fact that he yeah. was Mario. He deserves to be on the list. From what I have seen of Albano, he was a he could talk. Nothing I don't I can't really go into full detail on stuff I've seen, but yeah, he he had a mouth on him for sure. <laughs> I wonder if there was ever a bit where the microphone got tangled up in one of his elastic bands in his beard. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I heard 20. a funny story about Albano really quickly that uh, apparently when Shane McMahon was like, this would have been a little Shane McMahon, he kept on calling him fat ass or whatever. <laughs> Weirdly enough, what? he had the tensai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, Lou Albano said, uh, say that one more time or something and I'll hit you. And it was like, okay, then fat ass or whatever. <laughs> Albano just swung at McMahon. <laughs> I forgot what I don't know how he hit him, but nonetheless, Shane was down. Shane was down, even more down when he jumped off the Titan Tron at SummerSlam, or when he was partying with Raven. Allegedly, I mean Johnny Polo. <laughs> allegedly, yeah. 
Anyway, number 24 on the list, Rick Rude. Um, yeah, some of his promo stuff was actually very good. Yeah, I mean, especially, this... especially his DX stuff. Oh. oh, wait, he's on WCW the same night. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have ever known? Was he on ECW, WCW, and yep. WWF at the same time? At the same, from what I believe, all in the, I think that same week he appeared on all three because he was doing some stuff uh, for ECW with uh, Triple Threat, weirdly enough. <laughs> yeah, that's just genius. Rick Rude, yeah. everywhere and nowhere. Yeah, he w- but, and he didn't even wrestle. Because yeah. he, he fucked up his back end. His career went, Japan, yeah. yeah. Nasty injury. If you've seen the, the videos actually on YouTube, if you do look for it, Sting like uh, does a planche over the top and Rude landed back on some railing they had and just it fucked up his back. And he had been planning a return to the ring when he did die, uh, sadly, in 99. Mm. Uh, but yeah, Rude was from uh, I've, I've seen a uh, good amount of his promos. He knew how to get heat. Like you know, this guy was a heat magnet. Just the way, just the way he looked, just the way he talked to the people, without really being too, on no necessarily profane matters, but just he just knew how to get heat. If you watch it, what I I like mm-hmm. to have a moment yeah. right now, <laughs> just get deep in there, and it's something that you kind of see nowadays. But I don't know if you've seen anybody to the level Rude is. Mm. Maybe in the Indies, not really WWE. I'd say Billy Ray, maybe, <sighs> in TNA. Look at the calves. <laughs> Look at the calves, yeah. Uh, next on my list, number 23, Santino Morella. Ooh. This know. is the problem with putting in current people. <laughs> Whether he deserves to be in the top 25 yet, I'm not sure. I don't know. If this was a top 30 or top 50, I can maybe see that. Yeah. Because he is a pretty good talker from just his whole – yeah, just what he's done. He's he's proven to be quite funny, <laughs> oh, certainly. which is the reason WWE sadly doesn't need a Colt Cabana because he essentially is Colt Cabana. Oh, hang on. Wait for it. Hi, Colt. <laughs> ColtMerch.com <laughs> <laughs> Number 22 Ted DiBiase Sr. Yeah, as if Ted DiBiase Jr. would be on this list. Yeah, that wasn't going to happen at all. Not that he's really a bad mic uh, because he was Ted, he's passing, but no. <laughs> Ted, arguably one of the greatest wrestlers not to be a world champion. Yeah. Because he had the talent, he had the skills, and most importantly, he had the mic work. Yeah, he was good on the mic. Uh, this goes back to Rude, just a really great heel. Just I haven't really seen a lot of DiBiase as much as I'd probably want to, but like, just he was what Del Rio was without the whole destiny shtick. He lived that whole money life, and especially with the '80s with like Reaganomics and the uh, the economy really being high, that kind of yeah, it probably resonated with some people. Well, a lot of people. I'd imagine most of them probably not having that money and just how he threw the money around almost like if you wanted to look at a textbook 80s heel, 
or not necessarily textbook eighty seal, but like one of the best ones. He he's definitely one right there. The million dollar man. Yeah. Speaking of heels, number twenty one, the Miz. Ooh. <clears throat> I do not know about the Miz being on this list. If I am honest, yes. I think Miz deserves to be on the list, and it's roughly in the right place. I'd agree with you on that end, because whereas his wrestling hasn't always been necessarily the greatest or the best or whatever the term is to for them to like it, but he's been a decent might worker, regardless of the early faux pas, mainly in the diva search, which we all know... <laughs> Mm. But yeah, he always had. And then we got on to his borderline too. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but the Miz, eh, I don't know. It's it's WWE's list, so yeah. That that's yeah. It's kind of hard putting current people on the list because you look at people. A lot of them, they look at what they've done in their careers. That's why. Some people maybe shouldn't be ranked as others as they feel, especially, well, one, probably more than other, a lot of people will look at, and we'll get into him much later on the list. Yeah. Number 20 on the list, Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah. Yeah, great. Uh, Maybe not remembered so much as a wrestler, from what I've heard he sucked. But always was good on the mic, great announcer, him and Gorilla Monsoon, him and Vince McMahon. The stuff he did on the mic as well was good. Yeah. Well, even though it's pretty much Billy Graham-esque, <laughs> which... Yeah, but he did have his... He was one of the first to actually, apart from another name that's on this list, have, like, an interview segment. True, yeah. Yeah, I should not. I should have done it like that, even though... Then again, everybody rips off <laughs> everybody in wrestling. I, yeah. <laughs> I should never but try I to. think... I think Jesse deserves to be higher because this guy was so good on the mic, he made governor. That is true. <laughs> you need mic skills to be a politician. Just ask Rich, yeah. Rich Perry. I can't even. Just ask Rick Perry. Ask anybody. I don't know. What? what uh, well, the Americans will. I'll, I'll do. This is a uh, foreign paper clip. <laughs> During the debate, he wasn't doing so well. Our producer could probably vouch for me on that. And I'll, we'll get a silent bounce later. Nonetheless, yeah, Jesse Ventura is a good talker. And uh, I, I like watching that conspiracy theory show, even though I think it's probably canceled. Yeah, uh, because he didn't want to get felt up by guards on airplanes. <laughs> yeah, he's actually living in Mexico right now. Or had been, but I don't think he... Yeah, he kind of hates America right now. He's in Cancun. He <laughs> Yeah, I believe, uh, and can, oh, they're actually looking this up. There will be a third season for those of you wondering. So we'll see. Conspiracy, the, see. <laughs> Conspiracy theory tonight. Why did they cancel my show? <laughs> <laughs> we go into oh, the wait. No, they haven't. <laughs> um, uh, I'd yeah, love to see him do a wrestling one. That'd be interesting to hear him kind of do that. Wrestling conspiracy theories? CM Punk. Is he truly a motherfucking superstar? <laughs> Montreal Screwjob. Oh, that'd be the ultimate one right there. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? 
the CM Punk one or the? Let's not bullshit here. <laughs> <laughs> I know I will too, but there's only one real screw job. <laughs> there's <laughs> And then there's the one that did happen to happen in Montreal, twelve almost twelve years to the date, which some people don't really recognize or were pissed about, probably because Shawn Michaels ended up tapping out in that set arena. So they made up for it in some way. But nonetheless, number nineteen, the game uh, Triple H. Uh, Other us can be provided if you pay us. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that because we've had enough us. <laughs> I mean, look at Katie Vick. Anyway, it's funny I mentioned that because, of course, Triple H was involved with that. But Triple H, yeah, he's good on the mic. But <clears throat> there is somebody later on our list which I think made Triple H better. <laughs> and al- and also, hint to that person, he made AJ Styles a heck of a lot better. But we'll get to him later. Triple H, H- still sucks on the mic. <laughs> they try like that was my. Yeah. Pause on that. Just let him do what he did. Anyway, back to Triple H. Yeah, he's been pretty good with the mic because obviously the DX stuff works. And then when he went and did his separate stuff and got married to Stephanie, there was some good mic work with that. And if you look at some of the off, off auto cue or off script comments that he makes. Certainly during his DX days five yeah. years five or six years ago. Some of that's just classic. He uh I think Triple H is placed right on this list. He's a good talker, but to me sometimes he could his promos can be really drawn out. <laughs> Evolution era days, especially with the mm. they were good, but it's like he'll talk about it's the problem I probably have on it where we'll t- where he'll talk about the same shit over and over again and let it go out. And, like, he still kind of has that sometimes. Like, he'll still deliver that money promo, but, like, other times I'll feel... I can get bored sometimes with a Triple H promo if he goes on for a while. Although he's quite entertaining Mm -hmm. more often than not in his redundancy, so it kind of balances out. Number 18, Paul Heyman. Now... This is interesting. This is... I'd put him at least top ten, probably. Mm, I can see that. If you look at some of the stuff he did in the ECW days, I mean, the the, the shoot he did on TNN because of Rollerball or whatever it was called. Roller Jam. Roller Jam. Well, actually, it was because... I think it was more because TNN pretty much fucked ECW over, like... Monday Night Raw's leaving USA. <laughs> Turns their head around. So yeah, what? Def- yeah. But if you look at, I mean, that promo that he did at 2005's One Night Stand with the JBL oh, thing and the Edge. Two words, Matt freaking Hardy, and then Edge went, that's free. <laughs> The JBL one was funnier because <laughs> it probably would have happened. <laughs> That's what made it so good, too. Or, like, the Eric Bischoff one. This isn't ECW invading a WCW pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I can see that makes sense with 
and even outside of the shoots he did, like his, uh, his announcing work on WWE, him and Ross was a pretty good team. I came to Washington D.C. and I got to see Bush. Yeah, is that lie? <laughs> Here, here's a question: that lie on his first night. <laughs> Where would you rank Ross and Heyman? Would you say better or under Law, him and Lawler? I'd say under him and Lawler, but I'd put that ahead of the current team that we've got. Uh, it's just misplacement. <laughs> well, well, Cole's just well, yeah, Cole's kind of in the. You notice that he's kind of like lessened down on the heel stuff, or he's not Thank much heel. Which wasn't bad, but it got. He was probably a bit too good at it. <laughs> Some people. He's just will. too annoying. There, there, yeah. there is a limit. You can be annoying and cool, or just annoying because you're annoying. It still works with the heat, but yeah, he was kind of. It kind of towed a line more often than not on yeah. stuff. Okay, next on the list, number 17. Oh, the guy we just mentioned a few minutes ago, Edge. I don't know why he's on this list, to be honest. I don't... He was a good talker, but I don't know if he... I don't know why he's on this. Yeah, I don't know if this totally awesomeness. I don't think it reeks of awesomeness. I would almost want to say put Christian above him, but... Nah. Well, the thing is, the stuff that Christian did was in TNA. (laughs) Yeah, there's also that. That's the thing that helps him there. So, yeah, Edge, I'm not sure about. Well, there's one name, there's one glaring name that shouldn't be on there. That should be on there, but beef. <laughs> we'll get that. We'll get to that at the end when we go. Why aren't you on the list? That's, well, then again, that's... Billy Graham's on there, and he's had... He's not necessarily in good graces. Oh, with whoa, whoa, we're jumping, we're jumping, yes. we're jumping. Oh, they've seen the list. They've seen it, damn it. <laughs> they've seen the list. Well, if they have seen the list, they'll know that next up. Nice but segue. Then again, if we bring up anybody they talk about, we've... Ne- never mind, it's going to get too complicated. <laughs> yeah. Number 16, Vince McMahon. Yeah. Why isn't he in the top 10? <laughs> I don't know if I'd say top 10. I'd say just under it. If not around there because he yeah he is good on the mic if it wasn't for him if it wasn't for his mic work in the attitude era i don't think it would have got over i mean life sucks and you die look at all the quotes that are on the wan dvd there's just a whole load of quotes that are the titles of each of the chapters and it's like calling undertaker and kane putrid pussies on raw and then getting his ankle broken (laughs) He, Vince McMahon has a way with words, which is just like, just like how he says stuff. Just that you're fired. Just two words as simple as that, which we've heard Donald Trump say just as much. But like, it just feels like when you hear Vince say that, you're fired. Like that is just, is just bunch oh, I thought he was in the room then. Oh, no, that might be the best one, and even my, as you can tell, my impressions are really bad. Of course, the guy who's gone was the one who can do impressions. Yeah, I don't know if the guy can do impression of the next guy. Number fifteen, superstar Billy Graham. We need to put him on a nilt card. And uh, anyway, 
Superstar Billy Graham, as the DVD title said, 20 years too soon. Of course, he's influenced Jesse Ventura, Hulk Hogan, to the Triple H, even inducted him with some of the ways he's influenced. Not necessarily, and I really have heard only some of the stuff, the man of the power, too sweet to be sour. Uh, 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 there's more, but I can't think of them or want to mess them up. But yeah, an Ali kind of way with his uh, with, uh, with his promos, very poetic, but very poetically and influential with that, which earns him this list, earns him his spot in this list. Yeah. This, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of put him higher because he's the original. Yeah. He's the it's original. one of those, do you want to put the original higher? Who do, yeah, which kind of, it's weird when you see some stuff because like some people probably copied from others as we were mentioning, or you notice other stuff in people's <laughs> promos, so. Yeah. But, yeah. Number 14, Mick Foley, which I don't know whether this is counts Mankind and Cactus Jack and Mick Foley. Uh, and Dude Love. I'm, I almost could see him in the top 10, and I wouldn't be have a problem with that. Because it, pro- it probably doesn't count as mic work, but that interview that he did as Mankind when he just suddenly mandible-clawed Jim Ross, that was a genius interview. I'm going to need to watch that one now. <laughs> I don't know whether that classifies as mic time, but that was just a w- brilliantly worked promo. The whole... the chemistry between the two, because it got to a t- the touchy subject, and then... That's when he just started choking him. Yeah, the way Foley, yeah, Foley had a very interesting way with promos, almost to the point that some fans were like, especially with the ECW stuff, is probably the benchmark of his stuff, if not, well, probably WWE, but the ECW, the Kane Dewey one, the anti, of all, any of the anti hardcore promos people will bring up as some of the greatest promos of all time. The, um, the only omission, the only like maybe bad, well, I wouldn't say bad promos. It was just probably because it was a weird feud was the Flair Foley stuff. (laughs) When Mm. it was, it wasn't bad, but it felt like forced. Yeah. Because it's like Flair was a dick, but it was like how the way Foley was doing it. It was like, he was kind of fucked up to Flair. He, like, he was yeah. still over it. And that's probably what... Not, it's not fair to Flair. It's just fucked up for Flair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Next on the list, number 13. Unlucky for some. Especially if you want to look like Superstar Billy Graham. Because it's Hulk Hogan. With the 24-inch pythons. We've seen all the legendary promos. It, yeah. Just anybody... See, they will tell you any Hulk Hogan promo they saw. The say your pride a bit. Uh, shit, this proves I was not born in the eighties. <laughs> say your prayers and eat your vitamins. And um, there's so many, I don't know why I'm having all this a brain fart all of a sudden. Just, no, it wasn't just drinking milk. No, it was not drinking milk <laughs> or alcohol at that. <laughs> Because technically I'm underage, but that doesn't stop me. <laughs> Either way, Hulk Hogan, yeah. 
just it, the even the stuff that he's botched, the yappa pie <laughs> strap match. Yappa pie. <laughs> the the infamously bad one where he was lost on SmackDown. What was it in 03? I believe 03, yeah. 02, uh, where he was just uh, um yeah um <laughs> like how, kind of how I sound half the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. But um, yeah, <laughs> I'd say Hogan deserves to be higher up than 13 I, I can't think just... of who else would go down but yeah you know, we'd have to do a lot more thinking through and do a list but I think that would have to be longer than 25 because I don't mean you could sum it up in 25 but anyway number 12 and this is definitely somebody that should be higher just because of one promo CM Punk <laughs> oh I'm kind of torn on this one because I totally want to say he does because he does kind of deserve to be higher even if they're looking at just WWE. If they're looking at just WWE, then he'd have to be lowered even with the one promo. If they're looking at everything else, then he'd be at least a couple spots higher. Yeah. But I wouldn't say he's God on the mic, even though he can deliver promos like that. Eh, I don't know. It's one of those. It's hard. It's like he's so good at it. It's almost like there's no reason really to rate. Oh no, it's just kind of a weird vibe. I kind of get with him at twelve. I would say that after last week's Raw, Laurenite should be on the list just for the line. It's going to be bigger than Pac-Man. <laughs> and by that, of course, he was meaning Adam Pacman Jones. <laughs> Next, number eleven, Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> the, you see, just from the fact seeing his promos on the on the Macho Man DVD, he didn't. He needs to be top ten, probably. Oh yeah, that's this one is. I'd agree, yeah. I'd, I'd say top five, even, maybe. And yeah. that may or may not be stretching it, but yeah, this one's just the promos alone. Mainly as well. Aside, and it's one thing, too, that you wonder, it's like, do some people get raped because of this and that, regardless of death, which they've done a good, they did a good thing of not really ranking somebody like, say Owen, well, not that they could, like, say Owen Hart was on the list. Like, he was a good talker, but I don't think he would have been. Yeah. Well, Randy, Randy just deserves to be on the list for the promo he did in WCW. I think it was it was it Slamboree. That was a tag team match with him and Sting. I would have remember I, off I, the. Bat. I constantly watch on YouTube because it's like Sting's there doing the talking, and then. <laughs> oh, I think I know which one. What, what do you? What do you? What do you think, Randy? I'm not talking. <laughs> <laughs> All he said in that promo was, I am not talking. It's like three words. That's just awesome. Here's the, yeah, this is probably why he should be on the top 10. The way we talk about his promos now is the same way we still kind of were before he died. Yeah. It's not so much a change in it. It's just, he's dead. Say, yeah. it's just say, it's, it, and there's this and that. Like, there was always really. 
eh, maybe about the wrestler, maybe as great of a wrestler. Might have gone up a little since he's died, but that's maybe getting into some other territory I don't want to get into at this time. Yeah. Or rather would for another no, it's, day. It's, it's still entertaining just to hear a wrestler go, I'm not talking. Just yeah. over and over again. So basically, it's the Sting promo on his own, with just Randy coming in, just randomly going, I'm not talking! Yeah. And then he, Sting went, because I'm sick of this, I'm not talking either. That's <laughs> the end of promo. Um, but we're entering the top ten. Number ten, John Bradshaw Layfield, a.k.a. Bradshaw, a.k.a. Uh, Justin. Hawk Bradshaw. Yeah. <laughs> or J.B. Oh, there's like Jake one other most one. people know him as. Yeah. Blackjack Brad. Did you say Blackjack Brad shot? No. Okay. Uh, remember the new Blackjacks? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That mustache. Pseudo paper clip there. <laughs> but JBL, yeah. Wrestling God. That's actually. I, I don't know if yeah. he probably needs to be a bit lower than 10, but. I'd, yeah, I'd say he'd be... He deserves to be in the 25, certainly. Yeah, I'd agree with the 25. He really was a good talker for what he was. He wasn't, regardless of, like, if people didn't like him or whatever, nah, nah, he can talk on the mic, for sure. That was one thing that made his reign entertaining, even though it wasn't... It's weird thinking about his reign now. It's still one of the longer ones in recent history. Because yeah. I was looking... Recently, like, CM Punk's either just about to break into 200 days, and the last person to have done that was Triple H. Uh-huh. And I think, uh, other than the Cena, uh, of course, the Cena year-long reign, JBL still has the record, or at least the modern, well, if there's such a thing as, like, a modern-day record for it of holding the title, the he's, yeah, longest-reigning champ on SmackDown, pretty much. Even though JB uh, Triple H was somewhat coming close on him in 08. Yeah. But then he smacked down for most of it. So he, his legacy will still be there, even though it seems kind of weird looking at it now. Because he was in between. He was with Guerrero, who was going to get it longer or something. Then there was the chest pain issues he was having. And he was having the breakdowns as champ. JBL has it. And then Cena. <laughs> Who I found out held it, I think, just as long or slightly less than JBL did in that reign. Yeah, but even with his stuff that he did in the APA was good. Yeah, yeah, he was a decent talker even back then. It just came to more fruition or was realized more. When he went singles. Yeah. Right, so now we go to... Another controversial placing here, I think. Number nine, Bobby the Brain Heenan. I think he deserves to be higher than nine. But then that might be me thinking about his commentary stuff. Yeah. That's what I'm... Then again, if you look at his... If you look at his AWA stuff, and his other stuff when he was being the mouth... Of the whoever he was representing, it was him that made it go over so well. Yeah, I'm not so familiar with the AWA days so much. 
even though I do know he was there. But that's I wonder, going back to previous point, if what do they rate the Mike list on? Because as you've seen, there's a few of them, if not a majority of them, at one point have been commentators, whether just guest commentators or yeah, I'm trying to have a look for. Because yeah, looking through, let me see, Albano I know had done some stuff. Rude, I think, yeah, Rude did an ECW. Santino hasn't. DiBiase did in WCW. Sometimes Miz, some guest commentating. Jesse Ventura, of course. No on Triple H. Heyman, yes. Edge, no. McMahon, yes. Graham, I think, was. Yes. Billy Graham okay. did a few pay per views, didn't he? I don't know SummerSlam exactly. 88. SummerSlam 88 he did. Every time I uh, see that, I, confu- I confuse him for another name we're going to mention on the list. Was it? Which is ne- which is coming up next? I always confuse I always confuse him with uh, Dusty Rhodes. He's number eight, by the way. But we'll, get, we'll talk more about him in a minute. Foley was a com- Foley. Uh, my bad. Foley was a commentator. Hogan. CM Punk was. CM Punk had yeah ROH and uh, WWE. Randy Savage has. JBL yes. has. Heenan he has. Dusty well, has. We won't uh, go over the rest. We won't go over the rest of them. Uh, I think there's only like one other, yeah, one other one that would be, yeah, yeah, the one, one that has been, but we'll get into that when we do. Um, but nonetheless, yeah, Bobby, the Bobby the Brain Heenan, a very quick-witted person. And then there's even the infamous moments that are funny, like <laughs> when uh, with Brian Pillman. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, the, just for his. The Bobby Heenan show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just that talk show. That was just genius. Jameson. Tuesday yes. Night Titans. Yeah, they that line. How long have you been married to? 20, you know, 19, 20 years. You know, if you got on your wedding day and you murdered her, you'd be out by now. <laughs> just, damn. <laughs> Even like now, like I saw like some appearances he made in ROH and TNA, he still has that quick wit to him, like much different sounding voice, which is sad to hear because he had throat cancer. And it's like, just that trademark voice, you don't hear anymore. Like when you see on the, it's very kind of scratchy and it might be more because I know he's had operations and it's sad that like of all the cancers he gets, the one that affects. Yeah, I still remember the line from the Hall of Fame as well. And he said, I was one of the few guys that actually bet on wrestling. (laughs) which is just genius just oh but yeah Heenan deserves to be in the top 10 I'd I'd say possibly top 5 but there's probably quite a lot of people going in the top 5 so who knows anyway number 8 as I just mentioned before Dusty Rhodes which I'd say yeah because if you look at the early WCW stuff Starcade it was mainly because he was promoting it and he was putting it over because it was his baby that I think that I've been through high times <laughs> I've wind I'm not even going to do the impression on this one I'm wind to dine with kings and queens and uh, slept in alleys with pork and beans yeah that one little oh my goodness yeah when you have quotable lines on the people uh, well wrestling fans and sometimes people outside of it probably bring up you know you're going to be on this list and yeah. then there's even stuff from botchamania either stuff that we've heard him say on audience uh, an audience on commentary like he got a bicycle 
or the funniest one now, my muffler <laughs> Fucking John Dor. Say again without laughing so people can understand. This is that oh, funny, try, apparently. Oh, I even tried to do the dusty one, even though oh, God. we have a host that does impersonations. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> or, I mean, nah. nah. <laughs> anyway. Don't, um, don't make the boss unhappy. <laughs> don't make the, that is true. <laughs> or else he'll call my mom and threaten to have sex with her. <laughs> what? Whatever that Crelly's mom or what. Or, oh. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently, I can do. Cre- apparently, I was gonna say I can do Crelly's mom, but that's not right. <laughs> that's okay. That's <laughs> totally getting, that's totally getting oh, not man. edited oh, out, muff- is it? Muff- <laughs> that's not getting edited out. But <laughs> big Ashley, big Ashley, a, a muffler fell out. <laughs> in this oh wow! Apparently, yeah. this has become improv night on why. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh, my word. To do, but fuck it. <laughs> Are we just doing this because we're trying to disguise the fact that number seven is John Cena? <laughs> oh, but that does seem kind of odd. But <laughs> we might as well talk about that now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't deserve to be in the top ten. Yeah, I, I will agree with that fully. He does it. Yeah, nah. I'd say 11, maybe, at best. Because the only time when he's really been great, great on the mic was some of the stuff he did in his Fugonomics days and his early stuff when he was with the title. When he's serious, he delivers really good promos. Yeah. When he's funny, they deliver, and sometimes they can fall flat. Loser! Yeah, sometimes some stuff is just... Like, he'll say some funny stuff, and he has very many funny lines, but he'll say just as much stuff that is like... Eh, I don't know, like... Like, some of the rock... The later rock stuff when he was serious was good. The funnier... Nah, he couldn't compete... He can't compete with the rock on funny promos. <laughs> Even though no. he's kind of getting kind of too long for their own good, but... We'll get into that when we get into Dwayne Johnson. Cause yeah, spoiler, he's on the list. Yeah, he was going to be on this list. It's The Rock, damn it. Yeah, it's The Rock. Number six, which I'm pleased to see he's placed so high, and especially ahead of John Cena, Jake the Snake Roberts. Yeah, that's probably the big, maybe a big surprise at that. Yeah, Jake Roberts, for all his faults... Almost uh, uh, reminiscent of Scott Hall in a way. I don't know. You want to play Twenty One? Yeah, that's being a lot of these people as as many as gr- many great promos as you have. There's bad promos, people. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially when you're drunk or off whatever the fuck he was on on Heroes of Wrestling. <laughs> um, everybody. Yeah, I, I don't think Victory Road 2011 will probably top Heroes of Wrestling. That's. <laughs> I don't think even December to Dismember will top that. I don't think the In Your House, ha- what was that In Your House that In Your House 2 I heard was really bad. I don't think it- yeah, nothing's probably going to top the badness of Heroes of Wrestling. And I'm surprised we haven't covered that on here. Well, probably for good reason because it fucking sucked. Anyway. <laughs> well, we might have to do that in a quiet way. 
Yeah, <laughs> to get loud on it. You know, <laughs> just when we feel like ranting, yeah. <laughs> Heroes of wrestling rant. Ah! Jake, yeah, Jake Rock. Uh, one thing that was interesting about his promos never raised his voice unless he really needed to. Whereas, say, a Ric Flair was known for always getting animated and being as red as a tomato. Yeah, Jake would just be the same level and He'd talk just slowly and consistently so you could understand. Yeah, I slapped Elizabeth. You, so it stayed with you. And that is why he's known as one of the masters of psychology. Which a lot of people still he could probably he probably does still make money off that doing seminars on wrestling psychology. Oh, he'd yeah. be perfect for the WWE probably for that or TNA. Well, that last appearance in TNA is another one of those moments we'd like to forget. <laughs> yeah, that's oddly yeah. he didn't really have a lot of those in the E. Other than the angle where they were playing off the fact that he was a drunk, which is irony in itself. Even the angle when he got RKO'd by Orton. Oh, yeah. Got your head up your ass there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, top five. And I'd say most of these are deserving of being in there. So where the others would go in the top five, I don't know. So number five... The highlight reel. The light-up jacket man. Mr. Chris Jericho. Um, yeah, I could see him at top ten, definitely. Top five, your mileage may vary. Depends on who you're going with. But yeah, his promos, the interesting thing about his promos, that even as he's evolved over time, so has his promos. And still having the skill, whether it's being... Whether we start from the early, well, not necessarily the early days of WCW, when he was the heel Jericho in WCW, the conspiracy victim, Chris Jericho, all that, the Dean Malenko, man of a thousand four, man of a thousand and four. Bomba. Yes. Um, um, going on from there, the Y2J stuff, the debut promo, especially, well, all, all three of the promos, even though one wasn't really a promo, but we all found out for good reason. Um, going into that, when he was serious, it did what we found out he based off Nick Bockwinkle, who, well, he probably won't get on the list because uh, <laughs> some people won't know who Nick Bockwinkle is. And yeah. uh, the guy from Javier Bardem's character in, um, I forgot what it, the character's name no was. Country in, uh, yes, no Country for Old Men. Yes, No Country for Old Men. Which has a which part of the movie is in El Paso, Texas? I think they might have filmed there, but it's uh, in... toot toot. <laughs> yeah, that horn is going. Yeah, that horn's going off really. Yeah, I can't think of a witty line for that joke, so I'm gonna quit there. Jericho has evolved over time, and even now with the best in the world, which went into the JL JBL hyperbole level of wrestling god <laughs> territory, well, especially. Even the- the stuff you've got to especially credit is when he turns heel, turns face. Well, yeah. more heel. That promo that he did with Shawn Michaels. Stephanie McMahon promos I just thought of too. Even though yeah. I- no, but that promo that he did with Shawn Michaels back in 
08, was it? Yeah, where he was like, I'm an honest man or whatever and all well, that. No, when he, when, when he, because it was clearly he, at the start, he was being face. And then you could see something like the cogs were turning. And then the, yeah. what was the line that he used when he chucked him into the TV? The Ger- oh, sorry, not the TV, the Geratron 5000. What was the line he used? I can't remember. Um, shit, I wouldn't know either off the bat. It's, it's, it's something like I'm going to kick your teeth down your throat like Michael's did, but it's it's not that, but something like that. Which just the execution of it, just as he does the, oh my god, that's a horrific accident. Yeah. I'm kind of not happy that talking of that, and spoiler alert for the top four, Shawn Michaels isn't Hold in on, the you know- uh, my bad on that. You know what was a good one? Now that I'm thinking about it, or what? How, the way how he can get into people's skin. Well, whole country Brazil, as we found out, he's probably too good at it. <laughs> but there was one promo in particular that I remember. It went when Jericho when Cena came back in 08 and beat Jericho to win the title, and then it was the Raw after that, and Jericho was just talking shit. I forgot what exactly he said, but he was just going on and on. And Cena whooped Jericho's ass pretty bad. Yeah. And I was like, I like that because it's like, yeah, just the way that, like, finally somebody. Yeah. That was probably hard. That old school kind of heel way to it that you just were waiting for somebody to. Like, Damian Sandow's a guy I see that with now, and I'm. I know they did that in FCW. I remember Steamboat, where and I, you'll probably want to see it now. Sandow would do a thing where it was like, where he'd have the spotlight on it. He'd be like, "Lights off, spotlight," and then the spotlight would come on him, and then he'd start going on the mic. You're <laughs> welcome. Time. Yeah, and then that too. And then Steamboat fucking got got him with a super kick one time. And watch that's gonna it's gonna happen one day in WWE. I don't know who, but I'm just waiting for that moment to happen. Well, we'll see, but before when I mentioned uh, Jericho with HBK, I'm surprised HBK isn't in the list. Yeah, that one's kind of surprising, to be honest. Because I think he's deserving of quite a bit. We'll probably May- get into... Should we Chris- get in him when we go... Or Well, we might as well if we're going into omissions. I'd say one of the bigger ones here, regardless... Well, well, more NIM material, and now you know who I'm talking about, Jim Cornette. <laughs> yeah, but... Who's, a, whose I pie hasn't he been in? What's that? Whose pie hasn't he been in? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's definitely somebody who should be on this list, but there is reason why he's not on there. Basically, the fact that although Cornette is awesome, he does have the fact to piss off everybody he fucking works for. Well, you could have Vicky Guerrero, but the problem is she's only got one phrase that really gets her over yeah. as a good mic worker. Yeah. Which a lot of these you have variety with. Not, not that they didn't have catchphrases, but yeah, she's yeah. really... The whole <clears throat> stick of doing the excuse me and then going on with it. Which doesn't necessarily mean she's a bad mic worker, but... It wouldn't place her necessarily on this list, or at least high up on this list, unless it was a top 50, yeah. maybe. And also, where's Rikishi on this list? Mm, I, I don't did know if that's a 
Fuck that uh, Okay, I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I should have thought about that one for a minute. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> yeah. You know what What's would that? be a funny one? Lit 25 worst talkers. Oh, they're not. <laughs> well, we might have to work on that, and by Halloween, we'll do it. Oh, man. Most That'd horrifying be awesome. talkers ever. Ironically, it could be that promo with Tony Schiavone. Oh, the Halloween Havoc. Oh, that shit was creepy as fuck. <laughs> this is the greatest Halloween in history. <laughs> or like that Tony Schiavone promo in TNA where he's like, Mega Shivani or altern, altern, alternate world Shivani <laughs> with a beard and cusses. Yeah, but Shivani was only there for about four weeks, wasn't he? No, he was only there that one show. <laughs> oh, why is it? I think you're thinking Scott Hudson. But no, oh, Scott Hudson. All, all I remember is the WCW guys. Oh, what's his name? Ed Ferrara was on commentary. At first, Shivani well, never was on commentary. He did the, he did that segment and then interviews at night. Okay. TNA history too. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> number four. Speaking of TNA history, one guy that might be history in TNA, Ric Flair. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Rick. Rick Flair. Yeah. The promos are just priceless with him, just showing off the. Showing off the Rolex that was worth more than your house. Talking about the lim- the limousine ride and jet flying, kiss stealing, wheeling, dealing, son of a gun. I actually got that one right there. At least I hope I did. Because of course, I think you did. Yeah. But the right. thing is, he can legitimize other people. Yeah. He, he legitimized. He-, he helped out Evolution certainly. That made Batista and Orton and. Even slightly further elevated Triple H, even before Evolution came in because of the association. I think he's, he did it as well with AJ. AJ hasn't improved a lot on the mic, but I don't think if it wasn't for the overseeing from Flair and the wet and putting him over like he did, that AJ would have been. The mic skills hurt AJ, but I think it's the whole thing that they were trying to make him flare when he was already kind of working as that. Well, the heel turn probably, but that one was whatever. I think it was it was the fact that they pretty he was trying to make him like the new flare when it's like had it just been the backing of it or like or him as a manager maybe or I don't know mm. just kind of threw a wrench into AJ Styles' run. But Flair, but one thing I did like about Flair's promos is like. It made you, like, as much as they say he got people over, he could get anybody over with matches saying, well, he could wrestle Broomstick and get it over and have five-star, or have wrestle Broomstick and have a five-star match. Just imagine, I, I feel that's the same way with his promos. Like, he could get somebody over just alone just by talking shit about him or just saying, <laughs> just knowing how to build up for that match. Yeah. Well, you know, even in his matches, he made everybody look good. Yeah, like, it could be the biggest jobber of all time, but if Flair, like, said the right words, you could make it look like this guy had a chance. So, top three, and number three... Yeah, number three, apparently, we put him there because we did it for The Rock. Which, yeah, that's probably deserving, because... I honestly kind of feel maybe he should be number 
one, possibly. I wouldn't uh, be. Uh, no, just because he put over Billy Gunn in the prayer to God. <laughs> I'd say, well, the number one, I don't think the number one they shoot. I'd say he should be over the guy who was number one, even if Rock isn't number one. Yeah. I'll just say, I'll let that, I'll just say that. Rock certainly needs to be at the top end of the list. I'll agree with that. Yes. Certainly. Yeah. So, I'm trying to think. Well, again, with the Rock DVD, whichever one you look at, there is a section where it's just his promos. Yeah, there's a sign there, too. If you have your own section dedicated to promos on your DVD, you're a good mic talker. Which, if we look at the list so far, um, Triple H doesn't, Edge doesn't. Foley does kind of because he's they've shown the classic promos that he's done. I'm pretty sure the CM Punk one will probably have some good promo stuff that he's I, done. You know what? I hope they would get, and it'd probably be better if they do put that get the old indie stuff, get as much as yeah, they Ring of Honor, get some Ring of Honor promos. Yes. Well, even if but, they don't go for Ring of Honor, I can see because of the maybe competition factor. I can see IWA hmm. Mid South maybe. Even though the only one they'll ever really, you'll ever probably hear get mentioned is Ring of Honor. Although Matt Stryker did say Antonio Cesaro had a Chikara style of wrestling on Superstars. Well, if you look at it, nearly everybody in the top 10 that's listed, apart from JBL, which if you take Randy, if you replace that with Randy Savage, everybody in the top 10, I think, has had a portion on their DVD dedicated to just showing their promo stuff. Or if not promos, like talking about their promos. Maybe not so much. Yeah, certainly. Or or at least promos in there, maybe not. Rock's had some classic ones, especially when the uh, microphone broke on SmackDown. Yeah. Coach was doing the Copacabana. Oh, there's too many to mention. The, The one thing that helped with Rock a lot is he knew how to improv stuff really well. Like that, or like yeah. he knew how to go oh, with stuff on the fly. The most obvious improv was when he was doing the, it was the Rock and Sock Connection and his glasses flew off. Yeah. <laughs> and Mankind just goes, gets the glasses and gives them to him in this timid way. The Rock thanks you for that. And for like, yeah, one of the rare times he wasn't like a total kind of jerk off. <laughs> and yeah. still somewhat in character. Oh, there's another thing, and they had pointed it out on the list. The way... I'd say he's the best shit talker probably out of, with the exception of maybe a couple others on there. Just, he can make anybody just look bad with how he just cut them down. Like he can, like he made, like one of the funnier ones I remember was they, they, when they were in, I think it was Vegas or Atlantic City. And he was talking about Kane and he was just ripping to shit. My name is Kane. Yeah, I was just let that one, like just anybody he talked about, and he can do pretty dead on impressions. For oh the yeah, record. the promo that he did, which was the week before Armageddon. Oh yes, that one. He did Undertaker. He did Kane. He did. He did Angle, everybody in the match. He did Austin, and most importantly, Rikishi, because that's when he did the. I did that. What the fuck? <laughs> and that's probably where we remember it and remember it so fondly. Because... Has, never, has he ever tried doing a Cena one? 
other than him doing like a goofy voice with it. Probably no. can't do Cena's. <laughs> He's done quite a lot with the jabbering dog. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, he tends to. Oh yeah, he has catchphrase or uh, catchphrases. He has can. Oh yeah, continuity or whatever with his promos, like the Lillian Strudel. He, yeah, I remember like the raw appearances, like before he Kevin Kelly. Left the time, yeah. Oh yeah, the everybody gave shit. Kevin oh, Kelly, Michael Cole, Mark Lloyd in that one interview. Which the whole point was that it was Mark Lloyd and not Coachman being probably the most notable. Garcia, yeah. But, yeah. So, deserving of being at least in the top three, certainly. Perhaps higher, perhaps a bit lower, who knows. But, number two, and I'm pleased this guy's here as well. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. Very. A lot of people praise him for his talk. Of course, we would have WWE talk show, some good, some bad. Of course, you can name your name others there, as I know I and probably Ashley will name during this. <laughs> but yeah, mm. Piper's Pit was the start, was what started talk shows, what made them actually become some uh, semi-regular thing on WWE TV, which you don't see anymore because Jericho never does a highlight reel. Edge is gone, so no cutting yeah. edge. I mean, how? Yeah, yeah, they bring back Piper's Pit. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, but also, uh, it's on the. I think it's on the Legends of Wrestling DVD that features Rowdy Roddy Piper. And you know what's which funny? Was part like, of the WWE classics, and they had a they had a bit for I think from early WWF in the early eighties when Roddy Piper had an interview with Roddy Piper. Oh, yes. They the, split-screened it, which was just... That was just genius. You know what was one thing I liked about Piper promos? And, like, one thing you don't... I don't notice it as much with the others. Sometimes you'd have to kind of go back a couple times to notice some of the jokes. Because just the way he'd be kind of quick about jokes and would just go on with it, even though, like, some stuff... He got away with some stuff. <laughs> Like there was a promo he did on Mr. T talking about I haven't seen I haven't seen uh somebody wear that many chains since his ancestors or something to that extent. I was <laughs> like, Oh yeah. <laughs> that's pretty funny, but like damn now you're thinking close. Back, now I'm just thinking back to hot scotch. Remember <laughs> that when he went half Yeah, the half black, half Yeah. But yeah, there was a, a few of those promos you'd had to like or in hell, even in, in his brief stuff in TNA when he totally talks shit to Vince Russo to his face. <laughs> but, yeah, so we're down to the number one. And, by God, it's a slobber knocker. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, he's... I don't... I wouldn't want to say... This might seem kind of shocking, but he's slow lightly overrated on promos. And he's I don't done, yeah. see that because he's done really good promos. It's just okay. I don't think he's as great of a talker as he was, but he's not necessarily the greatest. Whereas well, said he's I think he said good stuff more than I don't know what's the kind of comparison I'm trying to say. He said good stuff more than he was known for his good stuff. 
Yeah, well, certainly some of the most memorable ones are the King of the Ring one, the ECW promo that he did shooting on WCW, or the, yeah. the, numer- the numerous ones he did in ECW, certainly. Oh, yeah, just like pretty much everyone he did in ECW. There was a clip that I had on... I can't find it on YouTube. It was on MySpace, and since I don't have my profile anymore, I don't care for it. Where it had like all like pretty much all the promos he had did in ECW, and even stuff at like live events. And and this was like where the start of it, where you see the genesis really of Steve Austin, kind of where then you didn't really see it with the Ringmaster stuff, and then Austin three sixteen happened and. He he just rode the boat from there. Yeah, but certainly he still does good promos. Still off the cuff stuff as well, like Rock. Yeah. Because I remember his promo stuff that he did at um, what was it? Insurrection two thousand and three in Newcastle, England, when he said, "You know, if you want to see Austin and." Austin and Bischoff share a beer, give me a hell yeah. And then Jericho said, if you want to see Jericho and Austin have a beer, give me a do what diddy diddy dum diddy do. And then they did it, and he's like, Jared, I never thought that would work some, but it did, so you have a beer too. They kind of did the same, they did the same, if you, if you go on to the, um, if you go on to the Chris Jericho DVD, I think it is, he includes it as an extra. On one of the on on one of the two matches and extras discs, and they show the entire segment when it's just him and Stone Cold, and it's just brilliant the way they bounce off each other because clearly the stuff is unscripted that they're doing, and that kind of reflects possibly why they're at the top of the list, both of them. Jericho at five and Steve Austin apparently as your number one. Although the, probably the people that selected this are four people. Mm. And no, none of them were me and Randy. Yeah, definitely not. Oh, this list would have been much different. Yeah. I wouldn't even want to try to make this list. <laughs> Any other glaring omissions that we glarely, glaringly omitted from the glaring omissions section? <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, we said Cornette, we said Michaels was one. Um, who would be another one that you'd say? If I were to think of somebody, nah, he wasn't there long and he wasn't. He was good. If you're not counting WWE, I'd say possibly Raven. Yeah, I can see that. I'd say at least anything that WWE owns, which, yeah, would kind of... Yeah, Raven Yeah, Raven would be... Raven would somebody be there, even though probably some people didn't understand half the things he was saying. Um, if we want to go ECW, I'd say to an extent, even though really he only has the ECW to the claim... Steve Carino, maybe? Well, maybe mm-hmm. not. Well, yeah, if it's going to be a WWE list, he won't be on it. Yeah, yeah, not because he really hasn't done anything in the E, <laughs> other than the ECW stuff, which was good, but he has just as much good stuff. Now, like, there's a promo he did explaining why he sided with Steen, 
no, on the YouTube that one to check out. Sadly, it was a work shoot, but if it wasn't a work shoot, I'd have put a seven in there from WCW. <laughs> Gold does. Yeah. Yeah, Dustin. I uh, came out in tea bags. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like Uncle Festa. <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah. Was it lying? <laughs> and then. I'd, sadly, he didn't say anything, but one of the best promo fit people surely was Robocop. <laughs> I mean, the, the lines he had in the movie were good, but the TV series, nah. In the. And then if we were to go into the indies, like, people now, like, well, not that they'd be on this list, because it's sort of WWE, but if you want to kind of... Steen? yes, definitely Steen. The Briscoes, even though probably one more than the other. Eddie Kingston, Steve Carino. Can people understand the Briscoes? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they can. <laughs> They're just a bit... I still remember that. I still remember a few weeks ago seeing that weather report. Yeah, it's going to be oh, sunny. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be sunny over here and uh, doing stuff. So yeah, but watch uh, out, there could be thunder. <laughs> it's just oh, yeah. oh my word! Like it was funny too because I think he was totally playing it that way that uh, that like goofy or whatever. But yeah, there's many other talkers we can probably maybe that should be. One, but we'll probably talk more into the indies in the next segment. Yeah, I don't know what we'll do. I I think that's all the people that we could really cover in the list. So there you go. There's a list of 25, which we made a list of about 49 million. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, it's our opinion. And what are your guys' thoughts on it? Well,. Hopefully you post on the Facebook page where this show link is posted. We need like there. a Facebook or well, we do have it, but yet again, the webmaster is not here. We do have it, but I don't know what you got to search for. Well, I got to. Is it still WWFD in its previous incarnation? I don't know. Oh no! If it isn't, then I'm I'm not I'm not. <laughs> I was. He's not in the group. No, he's not it. No, probably probably a Twitter page is better if they use that because, of course, we can use the SNS Radio Facebook page or yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll get the yes, word out yes. somehow. Get the word. Get your guys' thoughts. Who, if you have seen the twenty-five and you, if if you've heard this, you've heard the twenty-five. Are there any other ones that possibly we didn't mention that you think should be in there? And we're talking serious, not RoboCop. We're talking ones that deserve to be in the best. You can email us, tweet us, uh, saying that this is a question you have for why we all have Twitter. Nim doesn't use it as much, and regardless of the fact that he's here, we wouldn't have promoted it anyway. You you can tweet Nim at SNS underscore Y, I believe. I I think that's it. Yeah, right. Believe it is. See the way the way I'll be able to keep in touch with that is by. Oh no, I won't be able to see that, will I? Because just I find know. it somehow. Damn it! Yeah, it's it's on the Y face. It's on the Y show page on SNS. So go there, Randy. Your Twitter is. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a weird one. Rand McElp ninety one R A N M C E L P ninety one. That's R A N. 
MCELP91. I should probably come up with something catchier. Yeah. But I don't give mine a is, Mine is Ash is my name, UK. So I wanted something that kind of still resembled my names on everywhere else so people would know it's me and not an uh, imposter because Twitter's full of a lot of imposters. Yeah. Especially in the last few weeks. Hot women in inverted commas just sending you links to porn. <laughs> That's the perils of just joining Facebook or being on Facebook. They are retweeting it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're there. Or as I say, leave a comment on the Facebook page which is related to the posting of this link. The posting of the link to this show on the SNS uh, radio network page. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little about the TNA show that was on, the first live one in nearly a year, I'd say, ish. And the thing when the title last. Okay, March. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that was about a year that ago. It wasn't yeah. live, was it? March 3rd? It wasn't live. Uh, no, yeah, March 3rd wasn't live. That is true. Oh, well, the joke still remains. It was one of the shows before The Glory, wasn't it? Yeah. I think. 2010, was it, when they realized that the Monday night live thing didn't work? I think they had a live show in the October before it on the Thursday, so. But, you know, we'll give our thoughts on whether Thursdays will work out. And Randy is going to be doing his indie showcase, which is going to be looking at the PWG DDT4. Yes, Apparently the, we like acronyms. Well, I can, I can actually tell you what it stands for, or should I wait till the next segment? Yeah, I'll just no, wait, wait till the segment. We'll leave them guessing. See if they yeah. can... Yeah. Trivia question for the break while you're listening to the adverts. What does DDT stand for? And we're not talking about the move, we're talking about... DDT4. Yeah, DDT4. No, that, that actually does help for the four. You'll know why when I tell you. DDT4, what does it stand for? DDT4. So, there you go. Get thinking, your time starts now. Goodbye to me and you, goodbye to the life we knew, one last long embrace, let go and walk on. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to show you how being a Wrestling News Live family member and diehard listener can change your everyday look on life. Example, here's the brand new commercial from Subway. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me your melt. My melt? Yeah. And your girlfriend now. Uh, I don't think this is working out. Now let's replay that commercial and show you what Todd would have said to her had he been a member of the Wrestling News Live family. Hi, Samantha. Hi, Todd. 
Do you want to be my boyfriend? <laughs> sure. Great. Give me your melt. M my melt? Yeah. I'm your girlfriend now. Shit, bitch. Who the hell you think you are? Give me my sandwich back. Bitch, please. Better be willing to give me some of that pussy before you get some of my sandwich. Shit. Ladies and gentlemen, this is just another example of how becoming a member of the Wrestling News Live family helps you live a better life. Every Thursday, the SNS Radio Network gets in the ring and starts running the ropes. When I watch, I, okay, I, wa I caught SmackDown again. I caught she I skipped Sheffield's gimmick, and I couldn't help but to think that his new gimmick sounds like an Arby's uh, roast beef sandwich. Join Brian Maverick Bertrand and Chris Kelly from HeadlocksHeadlines.com as they talk about every random thing going on within the WWE, TNA, Ring of Honor, and the NorCal Independent scene. Running the Ropes also features interviews with stars from the past. It's me, it's me, it's the D-O-double-G, the road dog Jesse James. Present. What's going on, this is Kazarian. And this is the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. And future. Hey guys, it's Dream of Fatigue. And so much more. So join the guys every week on Running the Ropes right here on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, wrestling fans, do you want to break from the day-to-day -day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W., and each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. This time, we're going to touch on some of the recent shows, both indie and non-indie, 
taking place. And we'll start off with looking at the Impact Wrestling show, the first live one for at least a few years, I'd say. The part of the live Summer Bash, which is apparently 12 weeks of live Impact stuff. And it started off with a non-title Lumberjack match with Rude versus Sting, which was a good actual... Was a good little match. Sting got the win with the Scorpion Deathlock. Um. Yeah, that I got to see near the end of it. I didn't really see a lot of this one. This was it was pretty interesting. For some reason, I thought that this was a world title match because my friend was yeah. telling me that. And then when I saw Sting won, I was pissed. I was like, "What the fuck?" And then I found that it was like, "Oh, oh, well then that's fine." He went over. <laughs> And then you found out because Hogan came out and said, Yeah. Slam anniversary main event, Sting versus Rude. I was like, Which. I was like, we'll do it. I'm not against. I'm not against seeing. Because the the non title match that they had at Victory Road was good. Especially with the made out botch, but it clearly wasn't a botch. With the Scorpion Death drop on the chair. Yeah, there's the only knockout. three guys, or at least I feel that should be the guy to beat Rude. One might be a bit partial than others, but I'd say that is. As I hear, why the hell is music coming from my computer? Anyway, <laughs> don't mind the person in that mirror. Or I forgot what the line was from Wizard of Oz. Ah, where did? I don't even know where to start. It's make TNA's making me mess up. I'll just blame it on that. Nonetheless, um I think the only three guys that um that God damn it that that should beat Rude for the title or should be the guy to beat him is Sting, even though I kinda don't want to see it with the title again. Would make sense considering all the shit Rude gave him. Storm for well, that makes too much sense. Or as my dark horse, and just because, well, it's me, indie guy, Austin Aries. Oh, yeah, I thought you were going to say that. On the CM Punk bandwagon. <laughs> yeah. I want to, yeah, I don't want to get too, like, just because he's indie, but not, well, he's good, yeah. too. Well, we'll see what goes on. Then we had a little bit with Madison Rain talking. Again, obsessing about her look because he might be watching. Well, considering they lasted a, the last time they did a gimmick when he is coming. Uh, oh, no, that was they. Sorry. Who did the last... He is coming, wasn't that? Um, um, there was Trident, but that was... Oh, that's going way back. Yeah. Um, there was they. Um, he is coming. So, supposedly the guy that... Undertaker, uh, Mordecai? Supposedly the oh Mordecai, maybe yeah. <laughs> uh, supposedly the guy Madison Rain likes is Garrett Bischoff. This is the guy that's only been on TV I think once since lockdown. So really, <laughs> in that essence, who really won that match, Eric or Garrett? Because we haven't seen sign of any of them since. <laughs> but I don't know. Then we had a bit between... It might have been the only time. <laughs> Either way. Yeah, then we had a bit with 
Bully Ray calling out Joseph Park, which and then escalated into a match, which they'll be having now at Slammiversary. Isn't does Joseph Park look like John Goodman a little bit? <laughs> I was going to say he looks like Abyss. Keyfabe? <laughs> <laughs> no, we can't go Keyfabe. We know it's Abyss. Considering the last time we had a Bully Ray Abyss match, it was really match of the night back at Final Resolution. I say... Is this one good? Or were you thinking Genesis or was it... Genesis? I can't remember. All I remember <laughs> is... Uh... He disappeared, right? Yeah, that's the one he disappeared, Genesis. yeah. Yeah, it was Genesis. Genesis like, it was a good good match that they had, certainly. But I still remember the bit when Bully Ray says, your mother's a coward, you're, you're a coward, Abyss is a coward, and your father's a coward. So apparently James Mitchell is a coward. One thing I know from my basic knowledge of James Mitchell, try not to piss him off. In all honesty, but anyway, there was also a video for the un- a video package for the undefeated Crimson. That means Judas Macias is a coward too. Oh, there we go. The, but the Crimson thing that just yeah, Goldberg Blair. Then we had a very good match between Ares and Sabin, which was actually for the title. Nice little bit. Well, we know which tag team isn't coming back. (laughs) Yeah. They even... They mentioned him. That's the thing. They mentioned Shelley. Like, they didn't even go on. Oh, you know he's a good signals wrestler from his previous history. And then it's like, you're really trying to cover up the fact that Shelley left, aren't you? But finish finish came with a cradle shock attempt from Sabin, which got turned into a roll-up and... Aries retained, which was a very good match, I will say that. Yeah, pretty good. Little little more time. We could have had a bit more magic, but that's probably just a little taste for now, depending on where they're going to go with Aries, let alone the X Division. Yeah. Anything, I'd probably, if they do move up Aries, Saban would be a pretty good guy to start building the X Division around again. Then we had the gut check stuff, which first showed the fact that Taz is now been replacing Ric Flair. Mainly because they can't rely on Flair to actually go by the script. <laughs> and he thought um, we were say because he got fired. Then we had <laughs> the, the one bit I did like, which with the bit then they were taping and discussing the match. Was that the, Al Snow said, you know, who was it again? Not Mason Ryan. Joey Ryan. Joey Ryan. <laughs> Mason Ryan, goddamn Welshman. Jo- Joey Ryan, I just love the comment that Al Snow made. It was like if me and Austin Aries had a love child. <laughs> just, oh, yeah, that is. Whoa. That's not a good image. That's not a good image. <laughs> What was it like? Uh, there was a, and I'll have to show you the video later on after the show. There's an ROH video wire when Joey Ryan was in ROH for a brief period of time. Was it there for a long time, really? 
either way, he was there, and they had him and Austin Aries, and this was when Aries, how he he starts to look like now, because, spoiler alert, he didn't look anything like the A-double look he had now. Oh, my God, an image change. That happened in wrestling. (laughs) Well, if you've seen him in TNA before, (laughs) you wouldn't know that. But even then, he was kind of looking... And either way, but Aries, yeah, Aries and Ryan look very kind of similar, even though Ryan was kind of doing that look first. <laughs> Actually, he was, but doesn't really matter. Weird saying. And then, but in that backstage segment, was interesting how the, the like you saw Bruce Pritchard and was apparently doing quite well after the heart attacks. Al Snow and Taz deliberating over it, which. It's kind of weird because I don't really like the reality-based stuff they kind of do, or at least when it seems like they're blending, it just seems kind of concocted or whatever. That might be unconscious TNA bias, which, yeah, well, fuck it. It it wasn't bad. It was an interesting segment, and then it led to the gut check segment we saw. Yeah, we'll get back to the actual decision in a minute, but... Then we had the Dixie Carter stuff with the, as we already covered in the news, the Hall of Fame announcement. And then the the official introduction for Brooke Hogan. Of which, when she came out, there were quite a lot of booze. <laughs> I think I might have missed this because my friend had to watch the Big Bang Theory, so... I, okay, I missed anything... There were quite a few boos. There was, I will admit, some cheers. The boos kind of disappeared. But there were still some boos throughout quite a bit of it, which I don't know what to say about that because I'm willing to give Brooke the benefit of a doubt and see what she does before I have an instant impression. Yeah, I don't... It's one of those where you kind of want to shit on because this is almost... 100% 100% bladed nepotism, but <laughs> mm. we'll see what happens. Then we have a the number five greatest moment in TNA history. I don't know what, these must be on the website somewhere, but the number five greatest moment is Christian Cage. Just interest, interesting. interesting timing. <laughs> it's nice to know that TNA will still reference, well then again, of course, they'll reference WWE stuff, but yeah. Not interesting to notice that, yeah, there's no hard feelings between the two. Not that there really was, even when he did leave. Hell, even Dixie Carter pretty much announced he's going to the E. (laughs) Yeah. Then we had the TV title match, which was Devon taking on a chosen opponent from the fans, which Jeff Hardy apparently won with only 26% of the vote. So if you gave everybody 25%, that's barely just enough. Which makes me wonder... That was a conspiracy. <laughs> how much of the vote the others got? I don't know. It seems a bit odd. 26%. So that means the others were 20, 25, 25, and 25. Or 24. That's, I don't know. But this basically ends with Robbie E and Robbie T interfering causing the match to end in DQ. So, as ever, because it's something that's done by the fans and because it's something that... because it's not going the way that they think it would, they do an ending so everybody loses. Mm. But 
That's what you'd expect. Nobody wins and everybody loses. Yeah. TNA ending <laughs> one on one. <laughs> then we had a nice little vignette with Jane Storm saying that he let everybody down at lockdown with what happened and he's made his decision. And then the really nice bit, his daughter says, does that mean you're going back to wrestling? And he just smiles before he basically the video cuts out because the camera has to be cut off, which is leaving that. Is he? Isn't he? Is he? Isn't he? Of course, we all know it's bound for glory. That's when the title's going to change. Which means Rude could be holding the title for nearly a year. Well, we thought that the last time, and look what happened. <laughs> Rude is the John Cena of TNA, apparently. <laughs> he will not let go of the title. Which, to be honest, is good, because... There needs to be a long title reign because there's been a whole lot of short ones recently. There's been actually the trend's kind of been longer ones for at least for a somewhat time being, or at least moderate reigns ever since. Um, well, yeah, the Big Show reign is. Uh, we'll make that an exception because that was just the for the storyline. But um, was I gonna say fucking um, 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 um uh, Mark Henry? And, well, Orton had it for... How long did Orton have it? Orton had it for a minute, too. No, 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 that was kind of short. Yeah, uh, since Henry. Because Henry, Brian, and then... Um, I'm all forgetting right now. No, Brian not, and not, Sheamus, I'm yeah. talk, We're talking about TNA. Oh, yeah, and TNA, then. Yeah, I know, but I was just kind of bringing up, in general, of wrestling was. Yeah, uh, I'm... T- I'm just going to bring up the stuff for that because currently Rude is on 217, which, as we all know, is the record for a single run. If you look at the last ones, Storm held it for eight. Kurt Angle, 72. Sting, 27. Anderson, 29. Sting, 108. There's been nothing above 150 until AJ Styles, which was 2009. So for the past 18, well, past 20-something months, it's been all them, which is a bit worrying. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we also had the gut check thing, which apparently backstage they were kind of amazed that Joey Ryan got into Taz's face, to mm-hmm. be quite honest. Uh, what was your take on that? I thought it was interesting, especially with the live aspect, because I was thinking there's kind of a lot of things going in my head, kind of, are they going to sign him, are they not, how is this going to happen in the future, are like people just going to come in kind of for one-shot deals, or is this like to further storylines, there's kind of a lot of things wondering what's going on with that, especially with somebody like Joey Ryan, who I've seen in the Indies, and I'll be talking about later in by in our indie coverage yeah then we had the main event which was Daniels versus AJ which as you'd expect because it's those guys really great match Daniels went for a clothesline with the finish but a springboard out the corner and the phenomenon hit and AJ won is that is that he caught the phenomenon or is that the style in DDT Style, well, I don't know. Style and DDT, Phenomenon. 
Oh no, we're probably going too technical here, bringing that up. Yeah. But oh well. But we, I like to do that. <laughs> so fuck it. Then we had the after stuff, which is where it gets interesting and unpredictable, and where is it going? Because AJ gets jumped by Kaz and Daniels and gets attacked. Then Kurt Angle comes out, but then he gets overpowered, and then they cable tie him to the ropes and beat up both of them. And then there's a recording with AJ and Dixie talking on the phone about meeting up and saying not to tell him that he's coming into town. Then they they mention Surge just randomly. And then Dixie suddenly says, runs out, goes to the commentary thing, grabs Taz's mic, says, turn the thing off. You know, you're you're finished. This is it. It's hard to tell. It probably needs to be slowed down or whatever, but she might have dropped the F-bomb and they had to censor it. I was just about to bring that up. It sounded like she said, what the fuck? And it wouldn't be the first time then. Which I kind of get, but uh, but anyway, I'm not sure where that storyline's going. I'm intrigued now because of the whole what it's doing. So yeah, it's it's one of those where it's weird because I when I was looking at it first, I was kind of like, "What the fuck?" Kind of uh. thinking that, but like I don't know. This might be an interesting direction, even though. Something tells me this is going to end up too screwy for its own good. Which it's already starting to kind of get, because you're already starting to bend yeah. the face lines here with Dixie and AJ, with one of them, more if not both of them, turning heel. or Yeah. Maybe. Kind of somewhat like a... Well, I don't want to say Kevin Steen, or, but you, you kind of get the drift where I'm coming from there. Like, the, yeah. a double turn, maybe. is. Are we headed for mm. a double turn? Or we'll see what happens. But regarding that, we've actually got some interesting matches added to Slammiversary as well, other than the ones which are already there. We've got Samoa Joe versus Aries, yes. And Robbie and Robbie T versus Devon and Garrett Bischoff, no. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to one that. way yeah. more than the other. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the rematch from Final Battle 04. Well, they had another match after that. But yeah, the rematch from Final Battle 04, which is, I think I've covered it on here, but maybe I should cover that show one day, which is an epic match. Spoiler alert, it's the match where Joe loses the ROH title. Oh, he spoiled it for you, but... Yeah, (laughs) but it's still a good match to watch. (laughs) That is your roundup of the TNA Impact show. Now we'll take a look at some of the indie shows, and we'll start off with some PWG, and it's DDT, D, DDT4, if I can say it properly. And we gave you a little trivia question, what does DDT4 stand for? Randy, will you do the honors to reveal what it is? The very long title at that, but it's one that's probably easily searchable. While you're listening to the podcast, somebody will probably pause it, look it up. Either way, you can do that. That's fine. But the answer is the Dynamite Duumbrate Tag Team Title Tournament. There you go. So, but you can't say that five times fast. <laughs> I almost want to try. I no, think don't, I don't, don't, uh, don't. Okay. 
Just right, don't. Trust <laughs> me. People can barely understand us anyway. Yeah. Also, mm. If so, you want to let us know who you can't understand, just post on Facebook. Yeah, post on Facebook saying what? <laughs> so we'll start off with your first round match with the Fighting Taylor Boys taking on the Rock Ness Monsters. Yes, the Fighting Taylor Boys and the Rock Ness Monsters, two favorite tag teams in the SoCal area. Well, at least the Rock Ness Monsters more, especially in NWA Hollywood. Uh, Brian Cage Taylor and Ryan Taylor, I believe, only team up in PWG, as far as I know. And at one point, I believe, a couple of years ago, yeah, was it two years ago? It was about, not last year, I believe. It was either last year or two years ago, Brian Cage Taylor, what, there was talks of him uh, getting signed by the WWE. And some of the things this he does in the ring is pretty amazing, considering he's not necessarily a huge guy, but he's pretty built. And there's one point in the match where he does the he does a spaceman moonsault to the inside, which if you've ever seen like an El Generico match, is the moonsault he does where he pulls up, he spring, he jumps off onto the ropes, turns around, and then uh, does a uh, acai moonsault from the top rope. So just Sweet. imagine this guy who's about two, I don't know, two fifteen, <laughs> two twenty, somewhere around there. Doing that. Also, at one, uh, the match he did earlier on, he did a stalling superplex spot, which I remember seeing at WrestleMania 27 in the Rhodes Mysterio match. Actually, a lot of people kind of used it, but that was the first time I remember seeing it. Anyway, very hard hitting action here between these two teams, which ends with Rock Ness Monsters getting the victory after an interesting double team with Johnny Yuma hitting an ace crusher uh, after Johnny Goodtime hit an Enziguri with it both happening at the same time. Okay, next up we've got the Dynasty versus Future Shock. Kind of an Enziguri A to ace crusher. There we go. That's the best way to describe it. That was a pretty good match there. And then this one, the Dynasty, which consists of Joey Ryan, who we were speaking of earlier in the uh, the same Joey Ryan TNA gut check. Yes, the one that looks like Ron Burgundy. Even though it's he looks Gene more Green like in time. <laughs> Even though he looks more like Magnum Ti. T- I made the same yeah. fucking mistake I was just talking yeah. about. Magnum Pi. I know I wasn't old enough to watch the show, but I know who Magnum Pi is. Damn it, Tom Selleck. Anyway. Uh, Joey Ryan and Scorpio Sky, who many have probably seen uh, before in the WWE as a jobber, though, but nonetheless, also an MMA fighter, too, who's won a couple matches. So maybe he got a start on King Mo before King Mo did. Kind of looks like King Mo slightly. Or is it just because they're black? Anyway, <laughs> and then Future Shock, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, <laughs> who many have probably many heard about from four especially if you've seen the ring of honor where they don't currently team up and one thing you'll notice about pwg for anybody who does watch that they don't necessarily follow continuity with other uh companies wrestlers since they since everybody wrestles there since they're not on iPay-Per-View or anything there's no restrictions on who can wrestle there the deception are really wwe people and every once in a while somebody from tna will wrestle in there usually shelly and saban but One's gone, and then new reports are saying that 
Saban's leaving, but that'll probably be for the next episode we'll talk about. Anyway, this was a pretty good match here. Future Shot getting the win here, moving on to DDT4. Um, and then we go into the next match here, which yeah. is, I'll let you say the name of this team. Probably yeah, the like two it. husky black guys versus Callahan and Strong. And one of them's not black. And yes, yeah, the two one, husky- of, one of them is El Generico. Yes. <laughs> Willie McAnell, Generico. For anybody who has seen PWG before, that'd be, well, probably the Cali people, probably L Train would. Shout out to him right there. Hope he listens now. But um, uh, there was a, when Human Tornado was around, Human Tornado and El Generico were a tag team. They were called two skinny black guys. So, kind of some continuity there with that. And then Sammy Callahan and Roderick Strong better known in Ring of Honor, who's now the current number one contender, or a number one contender, as we'll explain to you in some later news. And this was a pretty hard-hitting match, especially Callahan, who's known for his hard hits, strong as well. Generico's pretty stiff as well. Willie Mack can move can move for a big guy, known to do a standing moonsault. I've even seen him do a standing shooting star press. And if you've seen what Willie Mack looks like, <laughs> it will amaze you. <laughs> Yeah, that that amazes me. Alright, well, I need to show you Uha Nation doing that, and that will be for another time. They, they, imagine Uha Nation, a big black dude, all muscular. Imagine Lashley doing a standing shooting star press. Maybe not as buff, but pretty built. <laughs> That's Uha Nation for you. Anyway, back on to this match. This match was pretty good, and the match was won with... Uh, when Generico hitting the brain buster, not the one from the turnbuckle and the elongated sound to the end of the finisher name, but nonetheless, two husky black guys move on. And this then led into Callahan accepting Kevin Steen's open challenge for the dwarf. Oh, yes, one. yes. I forgot to, I should have mentioned that. Sometimes I forget this stuff, even though I just watched this two days ago. But yeah, during the commentary before the show, there had been like a bit of a Twitter war between Kevin Steen and Sammy Callahan. And then Kevin Steen had talked about it on commentary, how he feels that Sammy Callahan's a flavor of the month wrestler. Of course, Sammy Callahan's name has probably been heard by you before, by many of uh, many of the fans listening or have probably heard that name in passing due to him recently having a tryout not too long ago. Mm-hmm. That reportedly the officials liked or whatever, but nothing's come of it since then. But who who knows with that? Hell, they signed Ricky fucking Reyes, so or supposedly they signed Ricky fucking Reyes. Anyway, uh, Cal, uh, Callahan was talking about uh, Callahan was talking pretty much what you said <laughs> that he uh, he challenged Steen for a world title shot because he didn't want it come here on his debut in PWG nonetheless and lose. Okay. Then the last quarterfinal which was the Super Smash Brothers taking on the Young Bucks. Oh man, this was a pretty good match here. And this was an interesting match considering the fact that the Young Bucks for the last three years at DDT Four, they have been to the finals and have only lost one other time. And that was in the finals mm. of 2010 when they lost to uh, Paul London and El Generico, who their tag team was called Peligro Bejas. 
Mm-hmm. I think I got to explain. Paperclip for non speakers. <laughs> that means danger bees. <laughs> and the Super Smash Brothers up until this point had only won one match in PWG. Albeit they'd only been there for about a couple months. They'd only won one match. I think it was the show before it, too. But nonetheless, this was a great match here. And the Super Smash Brothers managed to pull off the upset of the year after uh, after uh, Stupefied countered the no uh, the no bang more bang for your buck into a crucifix pin. Nice little move there, certainly. Next we have the Our, oh, well, I should have kept on talking about this to explain it. Yeah, for those of you who oh, haven't seen the Super Smash Brothers. The uh, player Udo had stupefied, sometimes known as player Dose, when he's wearing a mask, sometimes when he isn't. This time he's not wearing the mask, so he's usually known as stupefied. And they do very, they, uh, they have almost like a video game move set, if you want to say so. Very video game influence with player Udo using a falcon punch. A lot of the names to their moves have video game names, especially a lot of Mortal Kombat based moves, as you'll hear later on. And there's one spot that think they did it in this match i know they did it in the in uh spoiler alert in the other two matches where uh where player uh player uno would have the opponent or whatever his back on his knees or not not his knees on his feet and then stupefied was like get over here he launches him into stupefied who launches Mm -hmm. him and uh into belly to belly suplex onto the opponent Either in this case from the apron onto the opponent on the outside or usually in the corner. Yeah. They have some very innovative tag team moves. That's actually one of my favorite tag teams in the Indies now. And they got the upset here. Great match. Match to check out. And now on to the next one. Yeah, we moved to the semifinals. And this time it's the two Husky Black guys up against the Rockness Monsters. Yes, this was this was an interesting match. Even though the two Husky Black guys, this was their first time ever tag teaming. The Rock Nest Monsters, a very experienced team in PWG, although not many wins. Or yeah, they haven't really won as much. Uh, trend they tend to have a lot of people. A lot of the teams tend to lose when they debut, and then they eventually start gaining wins there. Well, usually that's probably every team, but. Just something to know if you do for any future PWG watchers. Anyway, uh, another good match. One thing I'll say, even though I'll sound very redundant, all the matches on this show were very great, which is one thing you get with PWG. A very consistent show all around. Nearly all the matches are like, well, I shouldn't say necessarily very good, but but they'll get the crowd up and going or the viewer at home. And you can see it, especially in the Reseda, California crowd. Well, yeah. sometimes they're a little too happy because they do sell, they do serve beer there, <laughs> and they do tend to be a bit drunk. And sometimes they'll act a little naughty, so to say. I don't know if I want to say naughty is the term, but uh, markish. Mark, I don't know what the exact term would be. Unfilly, if anything, or uh, non. Anyway, nonetheless, just know the California the crowds receded can be very. They're very passionate crowds, unlike, say, I don't know, FCW crowds. Watch an FCW show, watch, see how dead that crowd is. Mm-hmm. Now, Florida crowds in general, I've heard, are kind of dead. Anyway, this match is one with Willie Mack pretty much destroying Johnny Yuma, who's 
arguably probably the smallest guy on that roster, and actually pretty small even for kind of indie wrestler standards. And I don't know, about five, six, maybe five, seven, only about 160 pounds. Not really a big guy. And then uh, you, of course, actually know who's Willie Mack is. Willie Mack ending the match with a spike tombstone pile driver. Ooh. Sit out too long, uh, kind of Owen Hart style driver, and it went in. <laughs> Very nasty look at finishing Yuma, who, like Generico, too, is a very good bumper. And then Yuma, probably the nastiest bump I've seen him took, take at PWG, was at last year's Kurt Russell reunion. Uh, yeah, Kurt Russell reunion to the reunioning. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what it should call the reunioning, where Kevin Steen does the Steenalizer to Johnny Yuma into the turnbuckles. And... Just look up the Steenalizer on YouTube and you'll see how nasty that move is alone, let alone into turnbuckles. <laughs> so then the other semifinal was between Future Shock and Super Smash Brothers. This was a really good match and one that I enjoyed, especially because me being a fan of the Super Smash Brothers, them getting the victory here with a move they call Fatality, which is... Uh, where player Uno has um, the opponent, I think he had was it Cole or right? They pinned uh, they pinned Cole. All right, they pin, yeah they pinned out of Cole. Uh, player Uno had Cole in a gory special, and then uh, Stupefy comes off the trough with a blockbuster, which is well, it's pretty much an like Ace Crusher in that move. As player Uno comes down with him. Mm-hmm. And then the fatality name coming for Mortal Kombat. They also have another double team move where player you know does a wheelbarrow slam or Alabama slam into into Stupefied's knees, turning it into uh, a backstabber lung blower move. Which, if you've seen Ring of Honor, you notice that's the finishing move for Roderick Strong and Michael Elgin. Mm-hmm. Which actually, I think was Kevin Steen on commentary. Yeah, I think he was. He mentioned that that they stole that from. Him. <laughs> and that's another thing with PWG. You'll get prayer, very interesting commentary on it, especially uh, Excalibur pretty much shitting on Nick Gage, <laughs> talking about how Nick Gage is in jail, and then how when some of them, a lot of the PWG guys would wrestle in, uh, would wrestle in CCW kind of in the uh, mid 2000s. And then he was talking about how Nick Gage was complaining about, he's like, why the fuck are all these California and Canada people coming to steal our spots or some shit like that? <laughs> and then Excalibur was just pretty much ripping on him. And then Kevin C. was saying, well, Nick Gage was nice to me. <laughs> he was the only one that was nice. And so, then the last two matches for our card here. Yeah, we'll start with the world title match between Steen defending it against Sammy Callahan. This was a pretty good match, even though Steen dominated the majority of this match. Uh, see, it, it wasn't too bad. Callahan still got some offense in, but very Steen-dominated. Of course, it, him getting the win with the package pile driver, which is not banned in PWG, as opposed to it is in Ring of Honor. It was, it was a decent match, but like... It it was I well don't want to say it was necessarily the worst match on the show because this was a really good show, but it almost kind of is saying that even though it was a good match, mm-hmm. that's how good this show was. Very DDT four has been one of my favorite shows for PWG yearly when they do the tag team tournament because they've just usually been excellent all around. Even the one last year, the Young Bucks fucking won that one. Mm-hmm. 
was happy they got out the first round. <laughs> but I'm and starting speaking, to like them a little more, but oh well. Speaking of the rounds, time for the final. Yes, the final. Two hockey black guys versus Super Smash Brothers. Yes, this was a very, very good match. And as I'm looking at this review helping me guide through this, oops, am I, am I breaking the fourth wall? Probably. Hi, Colt. Anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, Super Smash Brothers get the win here with the... Yeah, with the fatality. Super Smash Brothers, who, as I had mentioned before, only had one win beforehand, managed to win DDT4. And an interesting moment for a team who... Uh, who's been in the indies for a while and have been pretty much any major indie for the most part. They they had some appearances on ROH, mostly jobbing, but they, they actually looked pretty good even when they were jobbing in some matches. Uh, they were in Chikara at one point winning the Campeonatos de Parejas, but then losing it. That at the time, they were the first team to have lost it in their first title defense. But as we soon found out later on, well, this year we found out that... <laughs> Uh, that happens a lot. That's happening a lot more with that titles, which we'll go on to a little later. And um, they haven't really. They've kind of been in a lot of play, evolve as well. They've just never. They've been there, and then the company doesn't really do anything with them. I don't want. Well, or that's how it seems to be like. But that's just how it is sometimes in the business. But nonetheless, they're getting them winning one of the top tag team tournaments in the world. Even though that yeah. might seem like a bit of hyperbole to some people, but oh well, fuck them. Uh, this pretty good match, and Super Smash Brothers, as you'll see now, would later carry this audit to becoming your current PWG Tag Team Champions. Mm-hmm. And then this ended with the Young Bucks spoiling spoiling the fun for the Super Smash Brothers attacking them and two Husky Black guys, the Kevin Steen coming out from commentary. And then, because uh, of course he had his history with the Young Bucks bringing back Super Dragon, who's currently injured, mm-hmm. which led to the titles being vacated, and then the match, which would happen at their last show, Death to All But Metal, Super Smash Brothers beating the Young Bucks. But nonetheless, here, uh, Steen, uh, John back and forth with the Young Bucks at one point, I forget which one's a dark haired one each time, Matt Jackson calling Super Dragon Super Faggot. Which was kind of funny, considering I've never heard them cuss once. And even that's not really a cuss word to some people, but just like, I was expecting him to say that. Oh, well. And of course, Kevin Steen, a bit more saltier with the language. Yeah, like you'd expect that. Where, uh, I think the best comparison is if WWE is TVPG and Chikar is PGG, then like, then uh, PWG would be M.A. or R. So, I think overall good show then, Randy? This is that PWG's done right now, this year. Or at least that so, Yeah. So now let's jump into one that's only just finished, pretty much, which is the Chikara show. Which is Chikarosaurus Rex, How to Hatch a Dinosaur. Yes, the third Chikar, the third uh, seeming to be an annual show now, Chikarosaurus Rex, of course. Their first one was back in 2010, and then the second one was actually a, a double shot show. 
Jakarosaurus Rex Night 1 and 2 at Night 2, culminating with Cerdo Ray pinning Claudio Castagnoli, better known now to uh, the fans at home as Antonio Cesaro. Mm-hmm. The main event. So but, we'll start off. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, uh, oh yeah, a d- uh, little backstory on this. This being, this is Shakar's second only eye pay per view, and them running on Go Fight Live, which, yes, been known for their pay per view troubles with Ring of Honor, but as far as I've heard, no pay per view troubles with Shakara. Mm. Which seems to put the blame more on Ring of Honor, who have had production issues kind of in the past with stuff. Weird with Ring of Honor. Their production's always. It, I wouldn't say it's shitty because I'm not like I'm not necessarily a person who complains too much necessarily about quality or things like that. As long as it's not too too bad, I'll just be like, eh, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's not HD. I don't give a shit. But like, but compared to other presentations, like Chikara's presentation on stuff looks beautiful. Like I'd say they're at least in the top three out of any wrestling company in terms of video production. I'd put WWE, Chikara, and I'd put them above TNA. Mm-hmm. TNAs can be really good at times and then really bad at times. Well, I've never yeah, really seen really bad ones, but yeah, they yeah, they probably do have some. What am I saying? Anyway. <laughs> Let's have a quick look through the card. First up, we had Ophidian versus Ultramantis Black. Yeah, Ophidian debuting a new ring gear here. The mask looking a little more like his classic one. From the report here, apparently looking like a red and yellow xenomorph, which <laughs> my comic book history isn't too good. So, <laughs> Ashley, the open book, which you can check Xenomorph? Out. Isn't Xenomorph the kind of thing that's in Alien? It might be. I don't know for sure. I'm not entirely sure off the top of my head. Walkie or something. I might be. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll avoid that joke there and instead make that a plug. Check out the Light Force podcast. A light. Elite. Oh, God. Elite. Elite. Oh, Elite. not more blooming pronunciation problems. Uh. Check, out, check out the Lit Force podcast. <laughs> that one was on purpose. Check out the Lit Force. Elite. I'm going to just mess it up on purpose every time I say it now. <laughs> That's probably just going to be a running band. The Lit 4 podcast. <laughs> God. Check out, check out the Lit 4 cast. Anyway, Ultramantis Black gets the victory here with a praying Manus Bomb, which is a uh, double underhook pile driver, a.k.a. Tiger Driver 98. Right, next up, the Loosely Shikara match, which is Colt Cabana. Hi. Versus the mixed martial archie taking on the throwbacks. Yes, and Sugar Dunkerton, a former member <laughs> of the throwbacks, or at least he's, yeah, because he pretty much had to leave Chikara for other reasons, making a return on commentary here. And then at one point, apparently, mixed martial archie leaves and returns back to his Archibald Peck persona, the leader of the band. And then he would end up losing due to some chicanery from Mr. Touchdown. Who, if you've seen Mr. Touchdown on Shakara shows, you've seen is for he's pretty much a face, even though he acts like a heel. Still get it's kind of weird, but now he's pretty much kind of full blown heel, or Rudo in this case, Shakara, mm-hmm. but or at least on the cuffs with that. And then Dasher Hatfield, who was unaware of Touchdown's cheating pins, Archibald Peck and Archibald Peck must leave 
Chikara. Mm-hmm. And then to make it even worse, Veronica, who of course debuted with Archibald Peck as a majorette, and what led to Archibald Peck going crazy and changing into Mixed Martial Archie, her love for Mr. Touchdown, her making out with Mr. Touchdown after the match, and then Archie leaving in a pretty fucked up scene. <laughs> As the crowd would, I love the Chikara crowd. They were chanting, Archie's cuter. <laughs> Gotta nice love touch. that Chikara crowd. Very nice little touch there. Crowd, yeah. Next Very up, cute. the ladder match for... Well, a contract, really. Granakuma versus Icarus. Granakuma had to win in order to be reinstated back into Chikara. Yes, he did. Ladder match. This only the second ladder match in the history of Chikara. The first being between Equinox and Vin Gerard back at Revelation. Yeah, Revelation X at uh, their uh, season premiere in 2009. I believe for the Young Lions Cup, too. But this one for uh, Icar- uh, Icarus, Granakuma getting his spot back. Chikara, who had lost his spot, of course, being a former member of Fist, actually tag teaming with Icarus for. Uh, for seven years in Chikara until Icarus turned on Akuma and then brought in Johnny Gargano to replace him, who we will talk about much later. And their other and their other person and the other member of Fist, Chuck Taylor. Of course, Grant Akuma uh-huh. had to go the had to go through a gauntlet, uh, not a gauntlet match, a handicap match at the last show, taking on all three members of Fist, getting the pin uh, by pitting Johnny Gargano after little help from Gregory Iron, who is the special guest ref in this match who's had his history with Icarus and a little bit of history with Akuma as well due to past incidents, especially at the last iPay-per-view where Icarus, or no, uh, Akuma would return the night before uh, at the Cibernetico show comes, and then he accidentally hits Gregory Iron. One hmm. long clip there to get you started with your car, uh, to get you up to date kind of on the feud. Anyway, to make this shorter than that, since I already explained too much, Akuma gets the win. After he power bombs Icarus through a table that was placed in there by uh, Johnny Gargano. Nice. Next up, the three uh, on two handicap Diva slash knockout match. I guess <laughs> is the theory. They're just on Sarah Del Rey and Saturn. Yes, another paper. This could be. We just need like a whole bunch of paper clips for Chikara stuff because of how they're continuing it is, or to kind of explain it to people. Cause it might be a little wacky to some. But for people that don't know, they have the men can fight the women, women can fight the men. And since they only have at the at this point right now two women on the roster, they fight pretty much whoever. And the, it, it isn't like the point where you see just the same women fighting each other over and over again. They yeah, fight the men as well. And they're very <laughs> capable of it, as we mentioned with Cyril Ray and Saturine, who's who just recently debuted, but shown to uh, shown a lot of promise very early on. A ma- uh, mass luchadora there, mm-hmm. and this match ends up in a DQ because of one lizard man himself, Delirious, and in a big kind of swerve moment, Delirious apparently is aligned with the Batiri, who had been who had been pretty much making life hell for Sarah, making very misogynistic and chauvinistic comments towards mm-hmm. and that's and that's how that and that's how the cookie crumbled on that one delirious interferes and Sarah Del Rey and Saturn get the DQ victory 
And Delirious ends up kissing each member of the Batiri on the head, Oberian, Kodama, and Kobold, as they follow him out of the ring. Interesting. So, the, dark, the Dark Army just got weirder now, and this and they were led by Sin Bodhi. Is that a weird army? Remember, is Kazarni in WWE, and well, let's just say the Dark Army didn't turn out as good as it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, the Max, the mask versus hair match between Tim Donst and Hallow Wicked. Yes, the Lucha de Apuesta match, which, of course, going back to the last night pay per view, High Noon, what, there was a, another Lucha de Apuesta match involving the same two men in tag team action. What mm-hmm. Ultraman? And Hallowicky taking on Tim Donson Aries, with each man putting up something on the line and the loser losing whatever that their wager was. With Ultramantis Black and Hallowicky, that being their mask, Tim Donson being his hair, and Aries being the Ayatir. With Aries ended up uh, getting the taking the pin after Tim Donson walked out on him, losing the Ayatir back in the as a result. So Tim Donson kept his hair, but. We'll see if he keeps it this time as Tim Dons takes on Hollow Wicked in a feud that's been brewing for well over two years in some parts, but really taking a turn and missing some of Chikara. And originally, Dons got the victory after he choked out Hollow Wicked with a rear naked choke using a shoelace to choke him out at the same time, which Dons has been using to gain victories for quite a while in Chikara and would usually hide it before the referee could see. Just as Halloween was about to unmask, Bryce raises Tim Don's hand, and Tim Don's has been careful each time because he usually hides it in his armpit not to have that arm get raised up so it won't reveal what happened. This time, he must have forgotten, and <laughs> it falls out. The evidence is there. It's restarted. Then Halloween ends up getting the victory by making Tim Don's tap out to his own submission move from Dust Till Donst, which... <laughs> Uh, I forgot exactly what it is or the best way to describe it, but that's better for you to watch the pay per view. <laughs> and oh, Tim Don's yeah, Tim Don's head was shaved, and Hollowaken ended up shaving just the top part. Of Tim Don's head has very who had his hair grown very long up until now that it's been shaved. So that's gonna be interesting to see when I do get a viewing of this mm-hmm. review. Next up, the 10-man tag team war, which is Eddie Kingston, Jigsaw, Green Ant, Soldier Ant, and Mike Quackenbush taking on Gekido with Derek Sabato as their manager. Mm-hmm. Derek Sabato, uh, cricket referee in Chikara, very shady man in Chikara, and who's apparently aligned with the Gekido. Need to check up on my blogs on Chikara to see where he aligned with this. I remember he talked about at one point, he was the only one who could get in contact with him or whatever, so that has to do with them having the, trying to get revenge on the stars of Chikara. Originally, this match was supposed to be Eddie Kingston, Jigsaw, Green Ant, Soldier Ant, and Fire Ant of the Colony, but before the show, in the pre-show, Fire Ant was taken out, I believe, by the Gekido and, and as his leg was broken, and apparently he'll be out for three months. Take the, it's, Five on four advantage until Mike Quackenbush mm-hmm. came to, uh, as um, as Ashley mentioned, to even up the odds. And of course, Mike Quackenbush had been out for a couple months due to getting injured by 17 
who has seventeen who has the name seventeen because he knows seventeen long lost submission moves in wrestling and he used one on Mike Quackenbush when ended up injuring his wrist and these submission moves improved rather deadly as he used as he's used two others since then to take out members of the Chikara roster. One just debuting weirdly enough, he'd make it on his debut and a minute in he puts him in a submission and broke his arm. <laughs> yeah, so seventeen has been <laughs> Known to be very deadly when it comes to this. But nonetheless, the uh, Technicos win this as Soldier Ant submit 17 with a Chikara special. And then an interesting line here. Gavin Loudspeaker, the announcer, says that the event will be available from Monday morning. For both streaming and DVD. Yes. Considering the fact that this pay-per-view was Saturday night means about 24 hours in order to get it up there, which is pretty impressive. And as our producer... Oh, sorry, I keep cutting you off. I need a... No, possibly at the most, 48 hours. Yeah. Monday, yeah, a little less than 48 hours. As our producer was explaining to us about how mass DVD sales can be made, which helped me understand this, because a lot of Chikara shows, sometimes they'll have some shows, especially their big shows, they'll release very early, like the day after at times mm-hmm. too which is a very quick turnaround for smart mark video it's something that is great especially for indie business who some companies have or have been notorious for taking months for their shows to come out i'm looking at ufip and to an extent shimmer but we'll let that slide in yeah and then uh, anyway <laughs> on to the Hi. main event yeah finally the Campeonatos de Parejas match, which is FIST, commonly known as Fist, taking on the Unbucks. This is Fist. the two out of three falls match, I believe. Mm-hmm. Fist standing for friends in similar tights, the Tiba, Chuck Taylor, Johnny Gargano, who regained the Campeonatos de Parejas from 3.0, Scott Jagged Parker and uh, Shane Matthews back at the Contaminated Cal with, uh, on May 20, not May 20, April 29th. Which was and for uh for the Campeonatos they pray as their tag team titles to earn a shot at the titles, you have to earn three points. And you earn a point by uh gaining a pin on a tag team only in tag team action or in or in uh f- uh four way scrambles. Or no, that's what are we to call the scrambles. They're four way eliminators that they would have for Jakar <laughs> tag teams, which it, the if the if you are lucky enough you'll be able to get three points in one match, which has happened only twice in their 10-year history, Fist being one of the two recently. Now, they ended up getting the three points that way to get a very immediate rematch on 3.0 and beating 3.0 in their first defense. And, mm-hmm. and in the first fall, the Young Bucks get the... get the, um, Matt Jackson rolls up Chucky e. T for the victory. Then in the second fall... And of course, oh, another thing, too, their tag team titles are two out of three falls... When they when you defend the title, uh, Chuck Taylor rolls up uh, Matt Jackson uh, uh, for the roll up to get the second fall. And then in the third fall, the Young Bucks managed to hit more bang for your buck on Johnny Gargano to become the new Campeonato de Parejas and Fist, only becoming the third team to have uh, and, uh, only becoming the third team to have. Uh, to have lost the titles in their first defense, joining the team they just beat 
where is the karma's a bitch line coming from? Or did I just say not? But yeah, anyway, karma was a bitch for him. And the Super Smash Brothers, weirdly enough, when they were when they were camping out as they pray, I was way back in 2008. Mm-hmm. And that is how you end your eye pay per view with the Young Buck, or which wow. I wonder if this <clears throat> will be played up later. Not of course the Young Bucks working for Ring of Honor and Ring of Honor Chikira. Ch- uh, <laughs> Chiquita. Chikara, how can I miss that? I know how to say. Chikara had somewhat of a feud, or at least, uh, uh, well, maybe not so much a feud really now, but more of a, uh, what's the word for, uh, I don't want to say mer- not merger, but you know what I mean? Where they, what TNA and uh, New Japan kind of have or didn't have. Yeah. Uh, I can't, I uh, know I know the word, and I don't know why I'm losing it right now but yeah they have a deal they kind of have a working agreement yeah there we go that's kind of the word together of course delirious who works in Jakara is of course one of the bookers in roh as i break down the fourth wall yet again and that is how chikarasaurus rex end it or doesn't as two interesting things come up with archibald peck walking past the rocky statue of course the show being filmed uh, the paper, the eye pay-per-view being taped in Philadelphia and an announcement for their annual King of Trios tournament and a big one at that is some, someone that you, the fans at home, might be interested in. It's something you might want to check out if you're in the Northeast area, specifically in Pennsylvania. And that is the name of the first team announced for King of Trios. And you know what? I'll let Ashley say it, what the first yeah. team the trailer basically says everything will change and that numbers are a solution. Then Tommy Dreamer shows up and says he's going to captain the first team where he will be teaming with Two Cold Scorpio and Jerry Lynn. And I think that is the word that goes boom! Yeah, that is big news for King of Trios. There, of course, King of Trios known for bringing many wrestlers from around the world to compete in this turn in this uh trios tournament and of course uh they've gotten many famous names at one point uh a little fun factory hunico actually won king of trios back in 2008 teaming with lindsey dorado and pantera hunico known at the time as incognito re- uh wrestling as team mexico getting the getting the win over team blackout with lindsey dorado uh making eddie kingston the current Chikara Grand Champions tap out to the Chikara Special. So, overall, this certainly looks like one that I'm going to want to catch on replay, certainly. Yes, this should be... If you saw High Noon, that was a very enjoyable iPay-Per-View, and this should prove no different as Chikara's. One of those indie promotions that a lot of you may or may not have heard of, I know... Some people, I know Latino knows about it. I think Anthony knows a little bit about Chikara. Santo Loco, I know, knows about some Chikara, too. But it's a promotion you should really check out, and one that one that you'll probably enjoy, even if it... But some people might not like it, because it's a bit... It's, uh... uh the style of it, it's very family-friendly. But not necessarily in the way that many people kind of don't like WWE necessarily for being family friendly. <laughs> so it's more kind of in the. It's not necessarily enforced fully, but. Well, yeah, it is because they don't really cuss. Sometimes they'll slip up and mess up and not actually leave it on the DVD, even though I think as of late 
happen and they might start to edit the stuff but every once wow. in a while something will happen but it's not really to like uh, it's just something you should check out as much words as I can probably tell you and as Ashley can probably tell you from what he's seen or probably will see in the future or anybody else out there something that you should probably check out for yourself whichever way possible plop down the 50 bucks how they have it on demand probably for cheaper about 10 bucks maybe less just check out a show hell check out the iPay-per-views will be worth it and one third and probably even more one third of the cost of uh, TNA and WWE pay-per-view for the most part so I think that is where we finish all the indie stuff and that is where we close for another week on why so Randy do you want to do any shout outs or tweets or anything um main thing is and I don't really have anything to plug of course there's the twitter we already plugged that if I was well make another shameless plug again while we had the time for it Ch- uh, follow me on Twitter at RanMcElp91. That's R-A-N-M-C-E-L-P-91. I repeat that for you one more time. That's R-A-N-M-C-E-L-P-91. I would repeat it one more time, but I'll let Ashley get his plug in so he can repeat his twice. Thank God. So, yeah, my Twitter, if you want to get in touch with me, is Ash is my name UK. That's A-S-H for Ash is my name, you can kind of guess. And UK for United Kingdom. Oh, no, that's that's the actual... I was trying to think of something funny, but it went... Whoosh, yeah, Ash is my name, UK. I will not repeat it again because Randy's got nothing... No, we've already done that, damn it. <laughs> that's the button. Anyway, right... Uh, just before we go, just a shout out to you guys to check out all the other shows that are on the network. Wrestling News Live every Tuesday at 9 Eastern. We've got the Pro Wrestling Rewind every Wednesday from 9 Eastern as well. There's other shows you need to check out too. Beyond the Bell, if he probably hasn't mentioned it. Of course, our show, Why? We want more downloads, damn it. Pro Wrestling Rewind, Running the Ropes. Check out Ashley's show, Open Book, Elite Force Pod, every show on there on the SNS Radio Network. Check out all the shows on the SNS Radio Network. Hell, one day, just save a day, maybe a Sunday. And if it's Sunday on a pay-per-view, of course, check out Sunday Night Showdown. If it's TNA, it's going to be... I don't know who it is going to be for TNA, but it's going to be somebody good Bronx. for it. It's Trey and Bronx or TNA. And then oh, it's official now, Trey and Bronx? Yeah, Trey and Bronx do the TNA, and WWE, you've got Trey, JJ, Harmony Boom Boom, Sexy, and Rick as well, and the Shark shark de Carlo as well, yes. Shark and his Sharkettes. Just imagine he does bring some real Sharkettes out there, everybody think he's bullshit, he probably has. (laughs) By the way, I did hear a rumor that Elite Force Podcast is going to have a fly-on-the-wall mockumentary made about them, and Mind Wipe is going to be played by Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> will Remember, this movie be called Expendables 2? <laughs> I will check anyway. out that movie in theaters when it's called The Expendables 2. Or is it called <laughs> Oh, no, that's the most recent Sylvester Stallone movie. They're all Somebody's writing a review on this show. Worst joke ever. <laughs> 
Yeah, that will probably be from my wife. <laughs> he probably, he probably. If we change the name, he'll probably like the show better. Or maybe Nim's not on it now. He probably likes it. <laughs> yes, Nim is gone. <laughs> okay. The, so does that mean we can say the few thoughts just said by Randy? Uh, I don't know whose thoughts they are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm covering my ass. I'm, I just. But anyway, yes, yes, do damage control on. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, some of the night, as it's the Jubilee, let's celebrate it by doing some Sex Pistols, God Save the Queen, and I think as well, just at the end of it, because it's freaking awesome, we'll have the band Queen, or more likely Brian May, play the UK National Anthem on his guitar. Possibly the best National Anthem version, apart from Hendrix, but... We can play that on Independence Day. What do you mean? I love the Christina Aguilera National Anthem performance. Oh, God. No. No. Just too much trolling. I I think that trolling was already hinted when I said (laughs) Christina Aguilera (laughs) invest. We trolled ourselves. That's a dis- that's a desperate measure, but anyway. I did want to say a Queen and Paul Rogers joke, but... Well, probably that might be a paperclip. Anyway. Yeah, paperclip. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we hope to catch you next week with all kinds of tomfoolery and seriousness and something in between. Farewell, guys. See you next time. Peace out.